JB, getting ready for that Talk That Talk Tuesday, live right here, uh, back in the original studio. Uh, we'll switch it up on you guys every so often. Um, all that damn smoke in there, I had to get away from it for a day. I go back in there at night, chill, watch the movie, but you know, in the morning, uh, it's a bitch with the dogs and everything else. So we're still fine-tuning it. I'll be back over there tomorrow for Work Boot Wednesday. Uh, what up? Make sure you pound the like button. This show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code believe B L E A V and get you 50% off. Welcome bonus NBA is in full swing NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs. All that's coming. Baseball's in spring training. We got that MMA. We got it all boxing. You can bet it all betonline.ag. Use the promo code believe B L E A V. Can of dips, the freshest way to dip. Make sure you head on over there to BAM. Go get you some of the freshest, cleanest way to dip. CanadipCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB. All caps. Get you 20% off plus free shipping. Um, don't want to get dip in your mouth. Don't want to get some long cut in your teeth. Don't want to taste. CanadipCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB. All caps. Um. Appreciate everybody popping in here. Uh, hey, we got a lot to discuss. We got a lot to discuss. Steve Kim will join me in the second hour. Matt McChesney. Uh, we're going to get into all those things. Um, hope you did make your bed. Uh, let's get you started with quote of the day. Um, if you didn't hear it with your own ears or see it with your own eyes, don't invent it with your small mind and share it with your big mouth. Let all that resonate. I'll say it again for everybody in the back. Uh, if you did not hear it, hear it with your own ears or see it with your own eyes. Don't invent it with your small mind and share it with your big fucking mouth. That is what we do too often. So we're clear. That's what we do way too damn often. Contrary to belief, uh, brought to you by... CanadipCBD.com. Head on over there to CanadipCBD.com. Use my promo code CoachJB. Get you some dip. Um, you got that fresh hat right there staring at you. CanadipCBD.com. Contrary to belief, my self-esteem isn't tied up in your acceptance. So don't worry about hurting my fucking feelings. Contrary to belief. Thank all the difficult people in your life. I tell you guys that all the time. Thank our haters, they're our biggest fans. Well, thank your big, difficult people in your life. They show you exactly who you don't want to be. Got that confirmed this past weekend. Uh, got to hang out with some folks that I tried to be cool with it. I thought I would, you know, but I was like, eh, I'm just be the bigger man. But I, I don't like that shit. I'm not the bigger man. Uh, I like to tell them the truth. So I tell people I don't like them, and that's how it goes. Uh, Poll question, where does Lamar Jackson land? Where does Lamar Jackson end up? Drop your comments in there. We're going to do a trivia question later on today as well. Uh, so the call-ins will be for members only. Make sure you guys are a member. If you're not a member, it's the best $1.99 you can buy. And if you want to chat with us all day, every day, 24-7, shop never closes, join the Discord, Slap Nation. As we're over there on the coaches crew every day, texting each other, chopping it up, fucking around. It's some good banter for everybody that's over there. I think we got like 70 people in that in that Discord total. 
that are members. So if you're not a member, sign up, just add on to your current membership and come on over and join the Discord every day. We're in there bullshitting, chopping it up. Where does Lamar Jackson end up? Um, whole question. I don't know what, I don't know where he ends up. Maya Lynn, what up? Ruben, what up? Bree Black, everybody else, uh, what happened with Whitlock? What do you mean, what happened with Whitlock? Did you watch the show? I mean, I don't know. That's his show. I mean, dog, come on, man. Watch the show. You see what the deal is. It's, you know it's his game. That's his game. He want to hang up and do that shit. It's his, what it is. I got no issue. I'm going to play the game, too. <laughs> don't get it twisted. I, I'm a little more calculated than y'all think. Um... LeBron's out. Let me show you something. This is how I think the NBA is currently going, all right? I want to break this down. LeBron's season's over. Clippers signed Westbrook for no reason. Can't trust Tatum or the non-Jokic Joker Nuggets in the playoffs. Memphis can't close games. Chris Middleton's done. Clearly, he's done. I love Chris Middleton. Steph, Clay, Dre, all healthy at the right time. It all sets up perfectly for another Golden State Warrior title. <laughs> and that's my summary of the NBA. I, I can't wait to show Steve Kim that. That is my summary in the NBA. LaMelo Ball breaks his ankle or foot or something. I don't know what he did last night. And then the day before, LeBron James... Fucked his ankle or lay foot up. He said he heard it pop. Um, and then he played on the game. The played in the game the rest of the time. I don't know what happened there, how he played on it, but then he's now out. Some fear he may be done for the season. Uh Woj saying several weeks. Well, if it's several weeks, their season's over. Let's just keep it funky. AD's not that guy. AD's not the guy to take over games and carry them on their back. We'll see. We'll see. And you got D'Angelo Russell's out also. So the Lakers just got hit with the wrong, with the injury bug at the wrong time, dog. They look like, you know, they won two in a row. They came back from 27 down and all this. Woo, woo, woo. Now they got to go to Memphis. I think they got OKC. I think, you know, without LeBron, I don't know if AD's the guy to carry a team like that. They definitely need Russell, at least, in the lineup. I don't know if he's back. Lakers could be fucked, Houston. They could be fucked. So we'll see what's up. Phoenix is fucking garbage. Um, I, Phoenix never will. Any team with, with CP2 on it will never win. Um, but I wanted to start the show off with a bang. Brass monkey, look at it, look at it, look, look at it, look at the monkey put the hand on the window though. <laughs> that motherfucker's getting it in, dog. I, that shit. <laughs> we're gonna start off the show with a bang. That shit. He was getting it in. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I believe in um doing things that people say you cannot do. And I think that if you wake up this morning and you make your bed and you get your life going and and, I, and people say that life's so hard and we don't want to fucking go get it and earn it and work for it. Like, there's motherfuckers out there. There's motherfuckers out like there on, bike, on, on a unicycle. 
Motherfucker got a unicycle. It's not even a bike. A unicycle. Now he's got rope. You guys haven't seen this video. This guy's picking him up. This motherfucker straps up. This guy's doing. Up. Oh, he came prepared today. And puts it on a unicycle. Surely there's no way he's gonna do this. On the unicycle. There's no way. Hey, it is a it is a way. Motherfucker had to figure it out. But I got one There's no way he's doing this right now. I believe the guy filming is his boy. I believe it's a setup. I, I believe it's for clickbait. I think everything that you see nowadays. Dude, that's epic. Oh my gosh. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, whatever. I think most of everything we're seeing nowadays on these crazy videos are all set up for fakeness. Maybe not the kids hitting teachers, but the fake shit that we're seeing, all this type of shit, I think is clearly for retweets, likes, and all that old shit. Here's my question. Why is the motherfucker on a unicycle? Who rides a unicycle to target from the gate. Why is no one questioning these dumb motherfuckers? Like, I'm going to question you. So you just woke up at the school, at the house one day and said, I'm fucking roll the unicycle over the target. And then I might buy a fucking 80-inch TV. And then I'll put it on the unicycle and strap it on my back. That's what your thought was when you left the house. No, the thought was, hey, let's make a fucking video today. And so this guy happened to be filming the whole thing from his car, quote unquote. And we're going to watch this guy strap it on his unicycle. Get the fuck out of here. It's all for clicks. And guess what? I'm showing that motherfucker to you. Um, stinky finger. A lot of you guys have been there before. Uh, the, 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 Jada Benz. Hey, Jada Benz. Come on. Let's keep it real. And smell it. She don't know. I smell it. She Thank you. Damn, motherfucker, lie. Man, Jada, girls, keep it real. Man, you know you could point out a motherfucker that stank. If she looked like she stank. I'm just a good judge of character. I'm going to keep it real. I think she stank. I think that motherfucker stank. Hey, Jim Morrison, the reason I put that video up I thought it was Brandon Lang. I did. I really did think that was Brandon Lang. I had to text that to Brandon Lang. I'm like, what the fuck you doing out there, dog? Because Brandon lives in Vegas. Brandon lives in Vegas. I'm like, dog, you're in Vegas with that? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, the stinky finger, dog. What the fuck's going on? Um Ooh, that's just comedy. Um, yeah, you can't. You got it. You got it. Come on, man. You got to get rid of the stinky finger. Um, I believe in miracles, though. If you haven't noticed, I'm optimistic. I do believe in miracles. I do believe that uh, there are things to look forward to, even in a fucked up world that we're in right now. And, and the, the Turkey earthquake was unbelievable. 30,000 people dead. But they find shit like this in there. A horse after 21 days is alive. Similar, similar. Depremin 22. günü. 21. günü. Clap 
up for the horse that made it 21 days after he was buried alive in Turkey. That's a miracle, man. I don't give a fuck what you say. I don't know. It might not be a miracle by definition. I don't know the miracle's definition, but it's got to be real. Let me let me just say it's, I, I'm optimistic as shit when I see a horse after 21 days of no food and water living. Um, so that's nice. That's nice. Um, and then some of you in the in the chat will come up and say, "Coach, they cloned the horse." <laughs> it's Demar Hamlin. They cloned the motherfucking horse, Coach. Don't believe that shit. They cloned the horse. I'm like, shit, shit, Jada. I don't know if that horse needed to eat for 21 days. They only eat like fucking grains and chocolate and nuts and hay and shit. I don't think they need to eat. I don't think they they have a big, huge appetite. I don't know. I'm not a horse guy. All my Midwesters at, where you at? Let me know about what the horses eat. I used to feed horses at my dad's shop when I was young. He, they, my, The neighbor had a barn with horses in it. And he had these big ass barrels of this candy, chocolate, all these different types of chocolate. And I used to feed the horses this chocolate all the time. Man, the chocolate was bomb as fuck. It was human chocolate. I'll eat the shit out of it. I remember that chocolate like it was yesterday. That was 35 years ago. Um, Wentz released by the commanders. Carson Wentz got released. He's done. Stick a fork in him. He's a year-to-year guy now, just like I said two, three years ago, but nobody wouldn't believe. What do I know? Uh, he's out. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'll be dropping the Jason Whitlock video on my channel today later on. Um, make sure you stay tuned for that. That motherfucker hung up on me. It is what it is. He's a, he's He needs clickbait, too, I guess. I don't know. Uh, can't handle the truth. Can't handle the truth. Um on the Carson, I mean, on the Patrick Mahomes thing. God damn, it's unbelievable how some motherfuckers cannot take the blinders off. They can't take the blinders off. That shit's crazy. Can't take the blinders off. You can't take your Homer, your Homer's blinders off. If you're a Homer, take it off. Um, LeBron wouldn't do shit to Larry Bird. LeBron's soft ass. LeBron's soft ass would fucking... Tap out. Larry Bird would hit him with an elbow and fucking talk shit to him and scare his ass. Any top five list of shooters and you don't have Larry Bird in it, you're a fucking moron. Sorry. I'm just going to be real. I posted on Twitter last night because somebody posted the top five shooters of all time and they got Clay, Steph, Dame Lillard, um, Ray Allen, and Reggie Miller. So I could take Dame out of there. I could take Ray Allen out of there. I could take, I would keep Reggie Miller in there. Um, I don't know if I would have Clay on there yet. I don't know. He's a big time shooter and all that, but he's pretty spotty to be honest with you because uh, without Steph, I don't know if Clay's the guy by himself. Larry had to play in an era with big men in it, no zone defense, and fouling was allowed. <laughs> So uh, if you don't have Larry Bird on a top five shooting list, you're out your fucking mind. Dame Lillard's a scorer and a shooter, just like Larry was, just like Steph is. Clay can be that. Reggie, I would say, is more of a shooter. 
as well as Ray Allen. But though Ray Allen was a spot-up shooter coming off of a set. He ain't Larry Bird, dog. Come on. You got to be kidding me. I get Larry. I get it. I get it. I mean, shit, if you're going to put Ray Allen in there because he hit big shots, you better put big shot Bob in that motherfucker. You better put Bob, Robert Ory in there, by the way, who has seven rings, one more than Michael Jordan, but nobody wants to talk about Robert Ory. But if you're going to put Ray Allen in there as a fucking clutch shooter, then Robert Ory better be in the motherfucking clutch shooting fucking discussion. Don't tell me it's a clutch shooter. We said the best five shooters of all time. If Larry Bird ain't in the best five shooters of all time, you're fucking crazy as shit. Somebody sent me a thing. Coach, he shot 30%. Motherfucker, please. Can you guys look at the diff? The, don't just look at numbers. Like these motherfuckers, that's what tells. And then the guy comes and tells me, he said, oh, coach, I didn't get to watch Larry, but based on stats. Motherfucker, please. Are you shitting me? Again, a motherfucker who has not seen both people play is going to tell the guy who saw both people play that I'm full of shit. I mean, you, you got to be shitting me, dog. I, I never saw him play, but uh, statistically speaking, Larry Bird, get the fuck out of here with your stats. Shove him up your fucking ass. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So just shut the fuck up. And I don't know if there's one player in that top five, that shooting list that they mentioned that would beat Larry Bird in anything. So get the fuck out of here, man. I, I, I'm so, the disrespect is real for Larry Bird. That's my opinion. Again, that's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. God damn. I, I just got to ask something. I got to know. Do you guys go to Walmart and just sit at Walmart and piss your pants? That's why I asked you how you Don't you know about the How do you piss your pants? And then just sit there and chill in line. I'm confused. So you're just pissing your pants. So she was like, fuck it. I, there's nobody in line, dog. What's going on here? Another clickbait and likes. And you can't tell me that this ain't set up right here. So this is set up. This ain't set up to you. So you're in line waiting. And then you just piss your pants. So you just piss your pants at Walmart. And then she's going to go over there, act like nothing. Her boots are full of piss. And then she's going to walk in line, though. Hold up, though. She's going to walk up to line, into the line and like nothing. Like nothing. So you're drunk and you piss your pants? That's a that's a that's an excuse? Jim Morrison, how is drunk the excuse? Is that real? Is that a real excuse? No way that's a real excuse. So I've been drunk before. I'm sure everybody in here is. So is drunk mean I got to just piss my pants? Get the fuck out of here. Clickbait, Alan. That's what I'm saying, dog. I'm saying the same thing. Hey, Alan, what would you do? Men in the room, I got to ask. What would you do if this scenario hit? Papi, ¿cómo te llamas tú? Jonier. Y amor, ¿cómo te llamas tú? Miguel. Compa, Miguel.
That motherfucker said, Cobra Tiara is McGill. <laughs> Alan, let me be real, Alan. First of all, dog, is you gonna, this motherfucker, six foot two, big handed motherfucker, grab this motherfucker's face. Papi, ¿cómo te llamas tú? Jonier. Y amor, ¿cómo te llamas tú? Miguel. Compa, Miguel. Man, I'm just telling you, dog. A 6'2 motherfucker walks over to you with gigantic hands. And you're going to kiss it? Like, come on, homie. You're going to kiss that motherfucker? Come on, man in the room. Don't tell me you're falling for that, dog. I wish I would. The motherfucker said, Miguel. <laughs> ah, that shit is unbelievable. Unbelievable. If I were coaching in the XFL, Alan, my boy Terrell Buckley, who I texted, uh, I would sound probably like this, but just a little bit, uh, probably a little more asshole-ish. But I thought Terrell Buckley did a hell of a job after his team was actually doing nothing but dog shit, playing like dog shit the other day in the XFL. Terrell Buckley kept it real. I love a coach that's going to put his guys on notice when waiver wire hits this week for week three of the XFL. Coach, how do you change this momentum? We got to get different guys in there. Obviously, we got, I got guys out there that are not competing, that are not making plays. So we got to get people in there, young men that want to play, that want to compete and make plays. I just saw you walk up and down this sideline and look some guys in their faces. What did you see out of your team? I'm seeing guys not performing. Look at the scoreboard. They got to perform. <laughs> That was a nice way of saying it. Um, that motherfucker said, we got to get different guys. <laughs> hey, I'm not mad at him. I like it. Uh, the baseball implemented the pitch clock. And the pitch clock is, they put a video out. Take a look at the pitch clock side-by-side -side screen from a game last year to the preseason games, spring training games that are happening right now. The one on the left, this guy gets through a whole inning. The one on the right is a whole fucking hour. The bunt pitch. So finish that. Williams, bare hand. will just get down. Nice play. Williams coming down the line. Kind of a good guy play. Beautiful play by the Dodgers third baseman. And good hustle. That motherfucker's on the left is pitching like crazy. Already has three pitches. The one on the right takes 10 minutes. So by Kim, good placement. Nobody takes good idea. One up, one down on the left already. This motherfucker hasn't even winded up yet. Leading off an inning. You got to be aware of that. Square. They're showing the replay of the first fucking at bat. Perfectly executed. This motherfucker hasn't even brought, started his wind up. Head is down. He's going. And they just get him by half step. We've seen a lot in his years. Down for Taylor Colway. Pitch two of the second at bat. This motherfucker hasn't even pitched the second ball yet. His decision, all those foul tips. 49 hits last year for Colway. The, the entire Pacific. Third pitch to the second batter. This motherfucker hasn't made two pitches. Coast League. This is going to be it. 
fourth overall in Triple A altogether. Here's an 0-1 and Baez. Kenny, would you like to fill Holy some time shit. here and talk about David Ross and his I don't want to watch the whole fucking clip, but that shit clearly tells you they're speeding up the game for a reason. Lamar Jackson, um, yeah, Hector, that's gonna be very, very telling in the betting world, Hector. I would, I would, I would venture to say the pitch clock probably has pissed off a shitload of betting people. It has probably pissed off, pissed off a bunch of uh, old MLB heads. Uh, the casual pitch clock being something of, I think it was what, 10 seconds to get a pitch off. Um, I, I don't know, man. That's that's some fucked up shit right there. And then you got bigger bases on top of it. You got bigger bases on top of a fucking pitch, a, a pitch deal. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see it at least. Um, we'll find out. Pitch clock is going to give a, I believe the pitch clock is going to give the pitcher a huge advantage. Like, just think about it. I'm just winding up throwing fucking heat. you got to get up there and re, I don't know. Lamar Jackson, Allen, very interesting. If you haven't heard, I don't like Sims, but he's going to break down the whole issue, which Sean Salisbury and I said uh, two months ago that I'm sure that Lamar Jackson is losing endorsement deals as well as not only signing his contract and re-upping, he's probably lost a lot of endorsement deals. At some point, um, he's going to have to do it and get an agent because he's losing shoe deals, apparently. Take a listen. All things that happen when you have an agent running the show. When it's just the player and a family member running the show, it's harder to replicate. It's impossible to replicate. They can't compete with what the best firms do, the experienced firms. I'm not saying just go out and hire any old agent. Hire one of the best quarterback agents out there, and it doesn't take many phone calls to figure out who they are. And you, he'd have had a contract by now, and it's a contract he'd be happy with, and this wouldn't be an issue. Oh, and by the way, he'd possibly have other contracts he'd be happy well, with. Well, that's like the a other thing, contract Mike. he'd be happy yeah, with. Right. I know. I, I know, Mike. I that's mean, that's, not, that never gets discussed either. No, well, the I mean. contract that wasn't. Yeah, because he doesn't have a marketing firm, right? Well, no, you know, Mike, you you've heard me a little through our text. I mean, that that is one of the rumors that's out there is 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 that there's been some blown marketing deals too, you know, with a big time shoe brand, you know. So there's there's being money left on the board across the table right now by all due accounts, and you know, there's a lot of things here that are you know issues, not only for the Raven, I mean, more for the Raven. Uh, I mean, look, I'm not going to harp on it. We've been saying he needs an agent. It's just unfortunate. You can't, you don't know your mom, your mom. I mean, no, no offense to, to his mom or anyone's mom, but your mom doesn't understand the inner workings of a owner's group, an NFL ownership fine night details, intricacies of how an NFL team or owner or GM negotiates. Like, dog, you can't just sit thin up here and think that it's going to be, everything's going to be shown in your face. They're not showing you everything. The agent knows finite details that he can manipulate and maneuver around to get you certain things. 
like shoe contracts, like longer term deals, like all these different things. Come on, man. Lamar, I was I'm like I, I want to I I say it every day. Lamar Jackson's deserving of the bag. He's not worth the bag, but he is deserving of the bag based on the prior players who have gotten it. Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott. Lamar Jackson is worth it, worth more than all of them. He's worth more than them three. He's definitely more deserving. But is he worth $250 million, $300 million? No. But he's deserving because he should be paid higher than Deshaun, higher than Kyler, higher than these guys. That's just my opinion. Um, but putting your mama at as an agent just doesn't fit the bill of what's going on. And especially, no offense, you just know I'm going to keep it real. You're a black woman walking into a fucking uh, hornet's nest of good old boy networkers. <laughs> like, let's just be real. They're not going to pay this motherfucker's mama. They're going to pay Lamar Jackson and an agent representing him. At least go get fucking clutch sports and hit up LeBron and, and get his ass or something. Like Jermaine Johnson, my former player, has clutch sports for Christ's sakes. Like, come on, man. He's a rookie and got a good rookie deal. He signed with clutch sports. And Lamar Jackson's entering year six has got an MVP in his under his belt already. Sign with an agent before it's too late. And then you end up being in this discussion as a could have been, a should have been, a would have been. Because right now, that's where you're headed, dog. And it's unfortunate. But you know what? I'm not mad at you for betting on yourself. Do it. Live your life. But I'm just telling you. Whew, I would get my mom up out the mix. Buy your mom a house. Don't let your mom negotiate your house. <laughs> Like, come on, man. Keep it real. Um, too many, too many sharks out there, dog. Too many sharks out there. Um, it is what it is. China had a mind collapse. If you haven't seen it, it's a pretty crazy video. Um, I, I really don't give a fuck about it, but pretty wild. Just watch that dirt and all those cars and look at all that shit. Look at that shit. A wave of just dirt. Looks like an ocean tsunami. I mean, I would venture to say no one's alive in there. But the horse did come out of the earthquake rubble after 21 days. But there's no way to get through that dirt. I mean, that's suffocation right there. The dust alone, I think, would kill you inhaling it. You couldn't breathe. I don't believe there's any way anyone survived that. Now, there are things with miracles. It could be a pocket of air in there, oxygen. I don't know. But that was in China. So China's got its own issues going on. Um, but if a horse got out, if a horse got out, shit. Then maybe the motherfucking Chinese man will come out there, out, get out of there. And maybe then, he, you know, we could get, you know, fucking TikTok back. 
Because apparently the White House gives federal agencies 30 days to enforce TikTok ban for federal services. So you have to ban TikTok um, for any federal agencies. You're going to have to get rid of them. You have 30 days. 30 days. Uh, 30 days to get rid of TikTok for a federal agency. Confu- uh, interesting. Interesting to see that. Um, let's get into some legalities here. Um, Jerry Jones news. An appellate court in Texas basically uh, revived sexual assault claims against Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones. This case stems from the alleged September 18, 2018 incident in which per the appellant Jones kissed her on her the mouth and forcibly grabbed her without content, uh, consent. Now, here's the second one. Here's the quote of it. Appellant JG appeals from the trial court's order dismissing with prejudice her claims against Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys football club upon special expectations. Exceptions for reasons that follow. We conclude the trial court abused its discretion by dismissing appellant's claims and reverse and remand. Jerry Jones is going to be back in the mix. And then you have this good old boy owner, Daniel Snyder, who is demanding that the NFL drops any future liability against him if he sells the club. If he sells the organization, he's telling the NFL, you can't come after me no more. So basically, he's telling everybody, I'm dirty as fuck. I got everything cracking. RG3 can't fuck with me. I'm, I got all this dirt that RG3 has over me. And uh, <laughs> I got all this shit that RG3 has over me. And so let me get out of there. Now, To f- let's be honest and be fair to Daniel Snyder. Be fair to Mr. Snyder. They have came out since that right there. So since this right here, there's been a new article that's came out written by the organization that said that is complete fake news. So I just want to be clear. I don't want to put false shit out there. Apparently fake news. uh, Apparently that is the claim of the Washington Commanders organization and the Washington uh, news articles saying that that is fake news. Daniel Snyder did no such thing. So we'll see what it go. Usually when there's smoke, there's fire. We'll see how it ends up. We'll see how it ends up. Um, we'll see how it ends up. I don't, I don't know, but we'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. I got, I gotta be honest with you, dog. I got a I got a great eye. Okay. I have a great eye for character. Like I can use I, I'm not going to say I'm a thousand percent correct and I'm this guy and that guy. But so far in my life, I think I'm like 98 percent correct on people that I judge just with the naked eye. And my ear. So I either see you and hear you say or do something. Now, don't judge a book by its cover as the old adage goes. I I try not to judge a book by its cover because I have met people that look strange or say strange shit that are good people. That is that they are out there. They are out there. But I've always been good at judging some folks on some things they do because I believe you are what you do, not what you say you do. And I got to be real, man, and keep it 100, man. I got a couple weird creep vibes from a few big prominent guys out here in the world. 
All right. One of them being Dana White. I've said it for years. One of them being Rogan. I, 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 I never watch this show either. I, I get a lot of weird vibes from both of those dudes. Uh, probably because I have a daughter, you know, just, I think when you have a daughter, I think your antennas even peak further. They either, they, they even heighten more. And then just being where I'm from straight up. I mean, I'm pretty sure I can smell a phony. I can spot a fake. I can call out a shit bird, um, from a mile away. That's just, is what it is. That's just, uh, intuition. Just like women have good intuition, I believe men have good character evaluation, intuition. And I got to be honest, I think this motherfucker is a weirdo too. I think Jay Glazer is a weird fuck, just like Dana White, just like Rogan. I put him in the same boat. That's just me. I'm putting him on the same boat. Like, I don't know if I, why would I... (laughs) Do you see me ever doing that right there? Now, just, let's keep it real. From what you know from me, whether you've met me or not, dude, would you ever see me take a picture like that and just say, uh, so you know the motherfucker, that's a melon bride bra that he bought. Yeah, let's just be real. Do you see me ever doing that shit like that? Dog, I've heard a lot of stories about this motherfucker. I've, I just, I don't believe stories from people that I don't know. I've never met, so I'm not going to spread rumors. I'm just giving you my opinion. My opinion is motherfucker's a weirdo. My opinion is the motherfucker's a weirdo. Um, I think Dana White's a weirdo fuck. I think this motherfucker's a weirdo fuck. And I don't really give a fuck what you think. That's my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. Um, The workout girl, man. I got to be honest. I got to call out the workout girl. I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to pop out the workout girl. Yeah, I, I agree. The Biden thing is getting to be real. I'm, I'm, beyond, I'm being honest with you. I'm being honest with you. The Biden thing is becoming real. I want to I show you something that's very, very interesting. All right. I got to show you something real quick. Take a listen to this uh, latest speech because it has heightened everybody and has everybody on edge uh, about possible WW3. All right. Take a listen to this shit. Russian offensive has been swift, callous, and brutal. It's barbaric. Putin's illegal occupation of Kyiv and the impending Chinese blockade of Taiwan has created a two-front national security crisis that requires more troops than the volunteer military can supply. I have received guidance from General Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, that the recommended way forward will be to invoke the Selective Service Act, as is my authority as President. The first to be called in a sequence determined by national lottery will be men and women whose 20th birthday falls during calendar year 2023. Okay, so listen to this. Did you hear that? Okay, I'm not dumb as fuck. This is the newest technology of AI. We all know it's fake because he speaks way too good. (laughs) That motherfucker doesn't stumble or bumble or fucking slur or fall over. So we know it's fake, but listen to the company that made this video and tells it tells you where we're headed. Just listen to the rest. Remember, you're not sending your sons and daughters to war. You're sending them to freedom. God bless our troops and God bless Ukraine. God bless our troops. God bless Ukraine. 
What we just played for you was a sneak preview, coming attractions, a glimpse into the world beyond. Now that was an AI, I want to say recreation, but maybe a pre-creation, a pre-creation of President Biden designed and scripted by our producers here for the show of what could happen if President Biden were to declare and activate the Selective Service Act and begin drafting 20-year-olds here in the United States. That means if you're turning 20 this year, you would be the first to be drafted using national lottery. It would then go 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, then down to 19 and 18 in that order. It's the way it's written. I, let me tell you, the whole AI thing is the shit I'm tripping off of. Fuck all the, fuck the draft and all that. I think you got the AI ability to fake videos and get real close with them. See, I think they're, you have to be so good to fool the American people on social media because the American people now live on social media. You guys live on social media every single day. So you guys know a fake video from a real one like this, especially you fucking TikTokers and you young cats that deal with fucking catfish apps and filters and manipulation of video. You guys do it yourself damn near. So you know a fake motherfucking video when you see one. Let's just be real. So they're going to have to get better than that video you just saw to fool the American people, number one. But we're getting very close. That fucking video is getting very, very close. And it's similar to the fucking one that I posted about Biden um, using my voice someone made me. That when I was basically like, fuck these slapdicks and da-da-da-da-da. And it looked just like Biden. It had Biden's voice and everything. And I'm like, damn, these motherfuckers are getting good. They're getting good. That's that whole bullshit, blue beam and all that shit you guys bring up with the conspiracy theorist shit. That's that shit. That's the shit motherfucker need to worry about. I, I think. That's what I think. I don't know. That's what I think. Um, I've been saying for a while now, man. Um get rid of some of these videos i've been saying for a while that yeah i I agree i don't think we need to dive into ai like that yet it's getting too high i i've been saying for a while these kids nowadays are the most cowardly fucking pussies we've ever encountered in our lives if you're 47 i just turned what my 46 47 i just turned 47 if you're 47 and below you know that we grew up face-to-face interaction. We asked for a female's phone number in person. We went on real dates. We went grocery shopping. We drank from a water hose. And we went out and played it every day until the streetlights hit. Now, having said that, I want to be clear on something. We also fought fist-to-fist hand-to-hand combat in the street, on the courts, on the field. And more than more often than not, we mended fences and became friends again because it was a hand-to-hand fight. It was a fight 
over some beef. It was some brotherly love type of fighting. Nowadays, dog, we are so cowardly. We're quick to pull a pistol, ask no questions, shoot you while I'm running away, shoot you in a car as I'm driving by. And now you can't even play basketball, dog. You can't even play basketball um, anymore without fighting a motherfucker with either a knife, uh, a pistol, um, a, a machete. Uh, this motherfucker has a machete. Jesus Christ, bro. That motherfucker brought, pulled out a machete and slipped this motherfucker's hand open. I, man, let me ask something. Are we that pussy where we got to bring a machete to a pickup hoops game and swing a machete at a motherfucker? Like, I'm confused as hell. I'm fucking confused as hell how soft we are. Like, <laughs> Super Omicron says one of the smoke got the smoke. No, see, that's the difference. One in the smoke is you get into talk, you talk shit on a basketball court, even if you scrap, you scrap. But there was no worry. Later on, you know, if it ever got too real, cats used to have the heat in the car or they homies in the car with heat. And that was a scare tactic. We weren't really tripping on that. We weren't going to shoot nobody or kill nobody over a basketball game. Now, I've seen it happen on some different accords, but not if we're all playing in a competitive game. Kids now don't know how to compete, A. They don't know how to lose, B. They don't know how to accept being mediocre C because mediocrity is a new excellence and the fact that these kids now have so much succumb to so much peer pressure on social media they have to be cool they have to do what the trend or the fad says to do you have to keep up with Joneses and therefore you can't you can't be clown no more because they know they're being filmed you know you're being filmed and it's going to be on <clears throat> TikTok, it's going to be on Twitter, it's going to be on Instagram later on. So guess what? Fuck, you're going to film me, I'm going to pull out a machete and I'm going to try to kill you with a machete because I'm too cowardly to fight. I'm too cowardly to fight you with my fist. I need to shoot you, hit you with a machete during a fucking hoop game. Like, come on, man. Get the fuck out of here. The life, the life advice I would give to a 23-year-old, be a fly on the wall. Shut the fuck up and observe and listen and learn. And fuck up. Fuck up, fuck up, fuck up every day. And make sure you learn from every single one of those fuck ups. So you can teach the next generation how not to fuck up like you did. But see, you guys won't do that. Your generation 
knows everything. That's the first problem. You know all things when you never even experience 1% of all things, yet you know all things. And what happens is when you know all things, you start to share false fucking lies and tell lies and tell people false things. And guess what? The new generation believes you. And now it's on TikTok. Now it's spreading like wildfire, like a virus. It's all over the place because you don't really know shit. But you won't be a fly on the wall and you won't. You won't pay homage to your forefathers. You won't you don't have any respect for the people that paved the way ahead of you. You won't sit on your grandpa's lap and take in the wealth of knowledge from the elders. <laughs> it blows my mind, dog. How you won't listen to an older person talk about certain things blows my mind. Nah, fuck you, old man. I don't want to talk to you. Like motherfucker. But you know all things already at 23 years old. That is the core issue in America with the young kids. I'm just telling you right now. You motherfuckers like, I ain't listening to you, old man. You don't know shit. You're too old for me. I can find your information on YouTube. (laughs) No, you can't. That's the problem. No, you can't. But you motherfuckers know it all. I would say be a fly on the wall, dog. Take in, fucking have some fucking humility. And listen to some folks before you just hear people and listen and hear their trigger words and start talking. Listen, motherfuckers, first. Listen. Don't be so quick to talk. Listen. Um, the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks, who could be the odds-on favorite to win the NBA title, um, were purchased by the Haslam uh, family and the Browns for $3.5 billion. Dog, Deshaun Watson wasn't the only fucking money spent by the Cleveland Browns. They're buying up the fucking Milwaukee Bucks. The Haslams are fucking very, very rich, uh, have a lot, a lot of money. This is why when I talk about the black owners, lack of black owners, that's why I was, when I talk, I'm like, dog, the, the black owners that need to combine their wealth to get into the party or the discussion. You got to get a ticket to the party before you can become hosting the party. You can't just start hosting the party before you get a ticket into the motherfucker. You haven't been invited to sit down with these motherfuckers yet. And now Haslam's buying the bucks for $3.5 billion. Like, I'm just telling you, that's a small market franchise, by the way, people. The Milwaukee Bucks are a small franchise. We call them small market. They're not the Lakers. They're not the fucking Knicks. These are a small market NBA franchise. And that is what's being purchased. That is what is being purchased. They're a small market franchise, and we're buying them for 3.5 bill. (laughs) Like... Come on, man. Um, it's it's crazy. Pound the like button. Become a member if you're not one. Uh, become a member of the Discord, too. Um, get on over to the Discord and check it out. Um, Steve Kim's going to join me here in about 20 minutes. Uh, I, I got I to get into this. I got to get into this. Um, 
Colton Chavez winning them a championship did nothing for their market. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know if you know what small market means, but winning a championship did nothing. They also won a championship in 71 with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or whatever year that was. That did nothing for their market. The Milwaukee Bucks, because they won a championship, didn't gain 10 million people in downtown Milwaukee. I'm just throwing that out there. The market has nothing to do with winning a championship. It did nothing. It had nothing to do with changing the value of their team. Uh, their valuation never changed. It has increased just because the marketplace has increased. Inflation has it, and inflation's being included in purchasing of these major organizations and corporations. So the marketplace has not changed at all. They're a small market franchise by all accounts. The Milwaukee Bucks will never be a large market. They are a small market franchise. Um, just as the Milwaukee Brewers are, just as the Colorado Rockies are, just as the Denver Nuggets are, even though Denver's a larger city, look at what the Denver Broncos sold for to Walmart. You imagine the Rams selling for as much as the Broncos? The Broncos were in all, on, all on all accounts actually sold for less than anyone expected them to. Because Denver is not necessarily in a huge media market, even though they're bigger than Milwaukee, they're still not considered a New York, L.A., Houston, Chicago, Atlanta. They're not going to get big market value. The this the Walmart the Walton brother got a steal with the Denver or with the Denver Broncos, contrary to belief. I just want to be clear that you know this. Denver Broncos um, was a steal price-wise, all right? So um, it was basically the same price of the Bucks, <laughs> $3.5 or something like that. What did they buy the Broncos for? What did they buy the Broncos for? $4 billion, $3 billion? So imagine what the Dallas Cowboys go for or, 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 the, or the fucking Giants or the, or the Rams or the – Raiders, come on, man. Um, there's small market. There's large market. That is what it is. Milwaukee Bucks will always be a small market franchise. It doesn't matter if they win a championship every year for the next 20 years. You're not going to go. People aren't moving to Milwaukee to increase their media market or their TV contract or their viewership or their attendance. Sorry. Um, just not happening. So, don't know. Don't get it. That's just what it is. This is what it is. Uh, that guy Fetterman, I got to be honest, go to some politics real quick. What happened to that Fetterman cat? The dude from uh, fucking whatever, Montana, Wyoming, wherever the fuck he was. What happened to that dude? A U.S. senator was admitted to a hospital two weeks ago. We have received no update about his condition. The press, re the press refuses to ask questions, and his wife left the country with their kids. What is going on with John Fetterman? Now, the only reason I brought this guy up, because I saw him in, when he first took over and he got voted in, or he won his, ele his election. I'm like, dog, who's this cat? He looks like a regular dude. I heard him talk. He kind of got, got a tattoo. And, some, and I'm like, who the fuck is this cat? So my brother's in the Air Force, I was talking to him about, and he was like, yeah, this dude's like, apparently 
I don't know all the politics side of it, but apparently he had something over someone and the motherfucker just has disappeared. <laughs> you go ahead and be a politician if you fucking want to be. This motherfucker wasn't even like the, the mayor or, or this motherfucker wasn't even like nobody big in, in, in New York or, or L.A. This motherfucker was in the middle of fuck nowhere and is now nowhere. To be found. Nobody knows where the motherfucker is. No one knows where he is. The wife left the country. And this motherfucker hasn't been heard from. Since he was admitted to a mental institution. No. he Remember he, he entered himself into a mental institution apparently. I didn't hear nothing about no strokes. I didn't hear he went to the hospital. I heard that he was entering a mental situation. Because he had mental health. That's what I heard, he had mental health, and that motherfucker's gone. <laughs> Mike Evans, I assume that's English, motherfucker. Are you Indian? Are you a fucking... Are you a Navajo Indian, motherfucker? That's how they speak. Do you consider chief as dynasty? You're either Asian or Indian, motherfucker. Do you consider the chiefs a dynasty? No, I don't. God damn, homie. You have some grammatical correctness with yourself. You got to be on this show. You got to learn how to speak. You got to learn how to write. You got to learn how to fucking text. You got to learn a lot of shit on this map. I'm not just teaching life skills to you, motherfuckers. I'm teaching you some brain food in the morning, which are contrary to belief. I also teach some of you motherfuckers how to spell, read, and write. So I'm well-rounding you as an individual, Mike Evans. So correct way to say it would be, God damn. No, I don't think the Chiefs are a fucking dynasty. You got to win in my opinion, three in a row or back-to-back -back at least, back-to-back. -back. If they win it next year, and then we go back to saying five years, if they win it next year, I would possibly call them a dynasty. And I, I've seen a bunch of professional media people talk about it and say that they don't consider them a dynasty. I think if they win next year, which would make it their third title, and their fourth Super Bowl appearance in five years, I would say you have to call them a dynasty. Right now, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think he can be a dynasty. So that's just what I think. That's just what I, 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 I don't think he can be a dynasty. Um, not yet, not yet. So. Yeah, that cat Fetterman's a senator, dog. He's a senator, and motherfucker's gone. <laughs> I, I'm like, dog, motherfucker's gone. He's gone. So, I don't know. It's it's wild shit. It's wild shit. Um, Steve Kim's going to join me here in a minute. We're going to go over our top 20 D linemen of all time. Our top 20 D linemen of all time. I, actually, it's going to be top 25 D linemen, and I still don't think that's enough. But we're going to go over our top 25. I'm going to actually have 30 guys. I'm going to have a couple guys outside the top 25 to talk about that could be in the top 25. 
But I'm going to have 25 guys to talk about. Steve Kim's going to combat me on that. Matt McChesney's trying to jump in here in a little while, but he's dealing with um, weather and his gym stuff. Uh, one of his people haven't showed up, so he may not um, make it in. But if he does, uh, he'll be in. We'll talk some D-line stuff. Uh, but I think that the um, I think that the D the, the D-line play uh, in America. I think we're anointing some guys that are playing right now a little bit too much. But we're gonna see. I'll give flowers or flowers to do. But my flowers to you is motherfucker. Fuck you. Um, yeah, the entire election in Pennsylvania, I heard was some funny shit. But I'm not into the conspiracy thing and the voting thing. I don't get into all that shit. I don't know shit about all that shit. Um, Carson Wentz released. The commanders saved $23 million. Um, they saved $23 million. So... Um, you know, can't wait to see that. Uh, we're going to see how that works. We're going to see how that ends up being, uh, how, how that ended up working. Brian Johnson, uh, was promoted to offensive coordinator for the Eagles. So he was promoted up. They're not going to hire an offensive coordinator. They're going to hire from within. I like that Sirianni made that move. Brian Johnson now will go from QB coach to coaching the offense. I think that's a good move for the Eagles. Uh, Derek Carr is going to meet with the Panthers this week at the Combine. The Combine is in full swing in Indianapolis, Indiana. Subsequently, the Ohio train derailment chemical, 1.8 million gallons of it is being transported to Indianapolis, Indiana. So just so everybody's clear, if you're going to watch the combine, make sure you don't inhale anything. Uh, Jason Tatum got his first ejection. Um, he got his first eject. His first time getting ejected in the NBA. He was getting his shit thrown, glove, missing threes, got ejected. He got hot, throw his normal NBA tantor, tantra tantrum. Um, and then the commanders place franchise tag on the defensive tackle Payne, who's a really, really good player. So they made two moves. They got rid of Carson Wentz. They tagged Payne. And um, I think that the Washington commanders are in a very, very, very promising play for Lamar Jackson. That is my hot take for today. I'm going to get into that as to why I'm going to get into that. Um, I have a really, really good uh, indication. Um, I believe that's happening. But before that, pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. Um, I'll be back in five minutes. I'm going to go get me some coffee, let my dog out. It's bad weather here in SoCal, so I'm dealing with that. I'll be back in five minutes. Steve Kim's going to join me, as always. We're going to break down the NBA, some NFL news and uh, notes, and we're going to talk Lamar Jackson and the Commanders, and we're going to talk our top 25 D linemen. Don't go anywhere. Hit the like button, subscribe. I'll be back in five minutes. In the meantime, listen to Matt and I talk shit to each other.
And don't be offended, motherfuckers! I don't believe Patrick Mahomes carried them down the field to win the game. A fucking punt return. A punt return went 65 yards, homie! They were down by 10 at halftime, bro. I'm tired of you disrespecting this guy. He's got, oh, a, he's got another MVP. He's not going to be talked about. Hold he on. Punt return didn't put him in field position. Hold on, though. Did the punt return put them down there or not? Oh, God. So a good special teams play. So they returned a touchdown I mean, for, on defense, too. Why aren't you talking about that? I did already. That's what I'm talking. That's even helping my case. Yeah, that what do you mean? Takes away from Mahomes' greatness because he well, had I, guys step up. Wait up, dog! You played football like I did, so a fucking defensive touchdown doesn't help the quarterback. Of course, it helps him, but that takes. I away know from it helps him in a lot of different ways. Like I don't got to go. Look, whole fucking team that does that helps Mahomes. Exactly. Only, huh? Exactly. But how are you saying that's all Mahomes that scored those points? I didn't say it was. I said he led the comeback. I, he, he did the comeback, though. The fucking he's defensive the touchdown did. What do you mean? He's the quarterback of the team that led the comeback. Yes, Look, is. This, is, this is what I'm going to say about it. Quarterbacks fucking lead comebacks. You just don't like the guy, so you're just always fucking I, I I, But that's not the – that's a fault. That is a that is not correct either. I never said I never liked him. I, I, I've only said I've liked Mahomes on this show. I just said – I don't believe he's what everyone says he is. And last yes, night, yes. prove it again. I don't want to hear about the you hobble ankle You played in this league. You know this hobble ankle bullshit is a narrative. You play in the game, you stay in the game. I don't want to hear about your ankle. Jack Young up here, the broken he fucking He did stay in the fucking game. He didn't leave. Exactly my point. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to hear the common denominator factor on Twitter that, hey, JB, he played and didn't miss a game. Oh no shit! That's his job. That's what he's supposed to do. What do you mean? He, a lot of people would not play hurt. He played hurt. I I understand that. That's but I'm saying if you get into the game and decide to play, then you should stay. That's what he did. So to me, that's what quarterbacks are supposed to do. Like he's and not he doing something that he led the comeback. That's what quarterbacks do. They lead comebacks. All right. So. so so, so Tony led the comeback. Who? The guy who returned the fucking punt. He led the comeback, or Kelsey led the comeback. Or how about Andrew Wiley? Could he have led the comeback? The punt return put him in his position to win the game. What do you mean? I'm just saying Mahomes led the fucking comeback as the quarterback. Did well, he? He's the quarterback. What do you mean? It, it well, that's what the fuck I'm saying. That's what I said eight motherfucking times. That so, he so led the comeback, and you so told me he did it. Punt. Well, did he or fucking didn't he? And no, no, he didn't. What do you mean? He's the quarterback. What do you mean? He it doesn't did, matter. He, did, the quarterback he didn't lead a comeback yesterday. That's what you're telling me. Yes, he's the quarterback. Of course, he's led the okay, comeback. Cool. That's all I said. So, so if, if if you were the quarterback, you would have been the leader of the comeback too. Yes. Quarterbacks lead comebacks. Quarterback, as you know. It doesn't so matter who you're talking about. That's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying. It doesn't matter who was there. The fact that that's what he did. Because of the punt return, though. <laughs> the punt returns in the fourth quarter. He started the comeback at halftime. Well, yeah, they were down 10 points. So, so they had a big play on special teams, and somehow that takes away from Mahomes' greatness and leading the comeback? What I mean, where is the greatness at? He threw for 180 fucking yards, homie. Let's not he, act like he's throwing for 500 yards in Super Bowls, bro. No, you for 180 yards and three touchdowns under 15 yards. You're you're killing me. With Come that. on, man. You guys you are something. Look, you're, you you're have accepted me. 
Like, that's what it is, homie. He doesn't throw for 400 yards and eight touchdowns and no fuck-ups, and he's a fuck. No, he doesn't. I don't need. I don't think you need to throw for 400 yards, but goddamn, homie, can we can we see some real quarterback play? Right fucking back at you. Goddamn, can you respect any greatness fucking ever, or are you just the ultimate fucking hater? It ain't, how is it hate if it's true? Bro, it's not true. <laughs> yeah, a, how is it true? How is it hate? another comeback. Another We're going to see. Another MVP. You're wrong, bro. No, he's, he's of course he is. Who else is going to get it? We're in the fucking mediocre. The quarterback play in the NFL is fucking atrocious. Oh, my Period. God. Fucking so, so Jalen Hurst didn't ball the fuck out last night? Yeah, he balled three rushing touchdowns. He throws for 300 yards. fucking deal how he scores. Okay, he. I just said three rushing touchdowns, 300 yards. I said he balled out. So, again, who cares how he scored? It, it's a good thing. I, I didn't say that. I just said I'm giving you the stat line. I didn't say how he balled out. He threw 300 yards and he ran for three three touchdowns. And nothing last night looked mediocre other than the refs. Everything was on par. Both coaching staffs balled the fuck out. Both fucking, both. Uh, other, right. than pass yeah. let's, let's, other than pass rushing, both defenses held on to their ass pretty much the whole game. That's it. Everybody else balled. All right, all right, all right, all right. Um... Goyan, what up, what up, what up? All right, let's get back going here. Um, pull some shit up off my deal here. Um, fucking 20th. Fuck, it's the 20 what? Eighth? Um, is it a leap year? Is today the last day? Is tomorrow March 1st? My boy Pat Perez's birthday, March 1st. I got to shoot him a happy birthday message. I'll be out in the Live Golf Tournament uh, the 16th through the 19th in Tucson, Arizona, if anyone's out there. Um, come out and have a drink. I'll be in Tucson for the Live uh, March 16th through the 19th. I'll be out there with my boy Pat Perez hanging out, chilling. I'll be there a little early hanging out with him before we head down to Tucson from Scottsdale. Uh, Pat and I are both Pisces, so you kind of figure why we probably are boys and get along. Um, very interesting, very interesting. The Bills D coordinator, Coach Frazier, great coordinator, great coach, he's taking off this year. Pat will be on the show, trust me. Um, we don't even talk about that because we're, you know, we just hang out. We don't really talk about that type of shit. So when it's right, when when he's right, we're we're done with everything playing. We'll we'll do a show. We're even talking about doing a show together permanently. So don't don't worry. A lot of shit in the mix right now for me. I got a lot of things on the fire. Just don't know where I'm headed yet. Um, I don't know if you've heard about the New York City road sign on the highway, but it misspelled Jackie Robinson's name. How do you misspell Jackie Robinson, um, an icon? How can you possibly misspell his name, New York City? Are you talking about that ultimate slap in the fucking face? Yeah, Joe, Pat almost aced that th- pole three. He shot a 66. Uh, 
I'm going to tell you right now, John Daly, who I had on this show, Mark Calcavecchio, who I had on my show, great Hall of Fame golfers, they both said it. And I've played with Pat a thousand times. I'm like, and I've got to hang out with John Rahm and Casey and all these different big-time golfers. Pat's as good as any of them ball striker. I'm just telling you right now. He's as good as any of them striking the fucking ball. And I'm, you know, you know I've been playing golf my whole life and all that. I'm not a professional golfer, but I do know when the ball comes off the fucking tee in the club and he's as good as I've ever seen anyone hit a golf ball, of course. And he's not even top whatever golfer, but just so we're clear, John Daly, Mark Calcavecchia, they've all said it. That motherfucker is as good as anyone striking the ball as anyone. Now, Tiger Woods is up here on its own little category from what everyone's told me. Like, Pat tells me. Everybody tells me. Like, Tiger's on his own fucking thing. Not anymore, but Tiger was on his own deal. And then under Tiger, there's all these other people. And under all those other people, DJ and McElroy and all these guys. Pat's in the same category as far as ball striker. So I'm just giving you some insight. If you don't realize that, um, I'm just giving you a little insight on on some stuff. So just throwing that out there. Just throwing it out there so you know. Um, Steve Kim will join us here shortly. When he gets his camera on, we're going to break down some... uh, Clint Walker, he owns a golf business, says Pat can play. Oh, yeah, he can play. There's no question. He can get it in. He can get it in. Um, Derek Carr is meeting with the Indiana, in Indianapolis with several teams this week uh, for the Combine. Um, very interesting. Sounds like a – it sounds like there's not a lot of interest to me. Does it not sound like that to you? Nah, listen, I've got to hang out with pro golfers for for the last few years. Can I be honest with you? Do you know who they say is the second greatest golfer in the uh, last 40 years? Who is the second greatest golfer to Tiger in this last few generations? Can anyone tell me? Do any of you know? Do you guys have a clue? Do you, does any of you know John Daly? Every single pro golfer that I've hung out with said John Daly is right underneath Tiger Woods as far as everything. Ball striking, putting, distance, second shot, sand, bunker. Every single thing is John Daly. No, John Daly, dog. John Daly is, by all accounts, the best next to Tiger as far as but people think he's just this fuck around, smoke cigarettes and all that. He does all that. But I'm just telling you, the talent of him, his talent level is unbelievable. Right now, Pat Perez thinks John Rahm's going to be the next best thing. John Rahm, he thinks, is the next best thing uh, coming down the pipe. So without further ado, uh, Steve Kim's joining me from... A partially sunny, partially snowy, partially windy Los Angeles. 
Uh, you good? I'm good. Hold on. Let me cut on my curtains. All this the, the suns. Hold on. Hey, you just look like the, the Korean Yao Ming. Yeah, John Sun. Hey, Coach, how you doing? I'm good, man. You? I'm just another great morning. At least it's uh, at least it's sunny out there. It was kind of raining last night. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a Whitlock. What was that? When you say some weird shit, I'm looking around like, how? It's fucking snowing here. It, it is. Yeah. Well, you're 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 a little bit away away. It was raining pretty good last night, though. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Hey, the Eagles, the Eagles made Brian Johnson the OC. They've hired from within. He was a quarterback guy. I think it's good for Jalen Hurts to just have a guy that coached him become the OC. I think it's a good hire. Yeah, Brian Johnson looks like he's going to be a head coach within five years. Yeah. He really it, does. It looks like he's on that fast track. I remember him at Utah. He was a really good quarterback. I think he led them to a pretty good season one year. Yeah, I know I know him well. Good kid. Uh it's funny though, he's on the fast track. Eric Bienemy's not. <laughs> I yeah. am perception's reality. But again, I mean Brian Johnson may have not had the issues. I mean, that's what's not being brought up. And look, oh, I'm not he doesn't have the issues, but I mean, and I don't want to like relitigate anything because it's not really fair. I and mean, that happened years ago, but you know, people have to realize the actions of yesteryear can have an impact on today. Let me ask you this. Is it not a contradictory uh, perception, though? Uh, because in my world, if we're in this world where you're going to be blackballed like I am, I believe I'm blackballed, right? So I don't think you can call it blackballed if you're actually allowed in the fraternity. So... In one sense, we're saying Eric Bieniemy's blackballed, but he's still in the fraternity. He just coached Patrick Mahomes to his second Super Bowl, and he's in the NFL. By all hiring standards, he's had to have cleared Prince and cleared the background of the NFL hiring procedure. I'm confused on how one hand says, okay, you can coach in this league. The other hand says you're blackballed. Is that even possible? Well, I think the thing that people are, are confusing – is being blackballed for having a glass ceiling. I mean, look, there's no doubt Eric Bieniemy will have a job in the National Football League. The question may be how far up the ladder is he allowed to rise? Will being a figurehead OC and now really his own OC uh, be as high as he gets? But again, if he leads or is able to develop this Washington Redskins offense into being really, really good, He'll probably get a job because there's going to be a groundswell of support. You know, people are going to kind of push forward. It may be part of the agenda, and then he'll get a shot. But, no, he's not blackballed. But, again, I think the term we're looking for is glass ceiling. Yeah. Daniel Snyder saying that, you know, he's in hot water. He's got a disputed loan going on. He's got a probe <laughs> in full effect. He's trying to block Bezos from buying the team. He's telling the NFL now, if you don't – Bring up any more allegations against me. I will leave, but you can't do it. It has to be in contract. Uh, now they're saying that he did not say that. That's fake news. A lot going on in Washington, but perfect segue to that. I'm hearing last night on the phone from a few buddies of mine that are in the NFL, coaches-wise, Lamar Jackson could be a commander. Hmm. 
<laughs> I said this. I said, watch when Eric Bieniemy goes to Baltimore. I thought it was a good fit. You, we both said it's a bad fit in Baltimore. I don't know if it's a bad fit somewhere else. And Lamar going to Washington with Bieniemy may give Bieniemy an opportunity to show that, okay, I'm going to run the same thing you just saw in Kansas City to a very close situational issue with talent, skill set-wise. We're going to compare the – let's just compare the skill set. Lamar's yeah. a freak. Uh, Lamar's, you know, Lamar's a freak. Patrick's a freak. Uh, now, Lamar ain't going to be able to throw the ball, but but I think EB will be able to work that uh, in with McLaurin and, and run an RPO and getting him the ball like he had an early Hollywood Brown uh, situation in Baltimore. I think McLaurin's even 10 times better receiver, but – uh, do you like that if it happened? Kind of, sort of. Look, it's an upgrade over Sam Howell. Lamar Jackson is a superior, twitchier athlete than Mahomes. But again, we're talking about pure quarterback skill set. The stuff Mahomes does, I think, is God-given. It's like boxing. Certain trainers will tell you, I can only teach you so much, but what you do is something that is gifted to you. And I just, look, if he's going to run the Kansas City read offense that was based around the talents of Mahomes with Lamar Jackson, I don't I don't think it's a good fit from that perspective. Now, if he could tailor the offense specifically to what Jackson does, then you have a shot here. But I like it in a sense that it, it takes away an excuse um, for enemy in a sense that if this offense struggles with Sam Howell 10 weeks into the season, the word's going to be, well, he's got Sam Howell got no quarterback well if you give him an elite quarterback that's won an MVP that people think very highly of well now you're going to be like okay Eric you're under the gun now to really produce early on I find this interesting because Washington DC is right on that beltway with Baltimore it's almost like you're not moving it's like going from the Clippers to the Lakers right well it's not really all that far away there's a, there's a certain rivalry between the two cities. If you really research it, the city has embraced black quarterbacks before Doug Williams, RG three for a year or two was the hottest thing. I think it fits in a lot of different ways, but now this is going to be a test of the enemy though. Cause what you ran in Kansas city or had in Kansas city with Mahomes, it's not going to be the same with Lamar Jackson. That that's my view of it. Yeah. They're both talents, but, but you coach, you know it. And I know it. They both do different things. Here's my thing. Dan Orlovsky uh, has come out and said that Munkin is the greatest thing for Lamar Jackson. I am in total disagreement. I'm I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about? I I can't wait to get Dan's ass on here. Uh, I talk to Dan far too often to not have him get on here. So I'm like, yeah, I got this fucking show, Dan. And I'm like, dude, Munkin... Not having a lot of NFL experience coming in to coach an offense that has to be created, Steve. You have to create this no. offense. You can't just come in and run your shit that you ran at Georgia with Lamar Jackson and think you're going to have success. It's just not going to happen. You have to come up with some outside the box run game for Lamar and have pass game off of it because you're going to see a, a variety of different fronts in the NFL that are going to try to stop the run game. So I believe Eric Bieniemy is better suited for that in a place like Washington just for the fresh 
breath of air, so to speak, type of mentality that get Lamar out, goes with EB, and boom. Now, on the flip side, Steve, I said it before, if EB went to Baltimore, whose fault is it going to be? Lamar Jackson, the black quarterback, or EB, the black offensive coordinator? And does that even harness him even further as getting a head job? You know, the more I think about it, I want to see Lamar get a fresh start. If you want your money, and if there's a team willing to guarantee a Deshaun Watson-like quarterback, there you go. Keep him happy. I don't want you to be a malcontent. You got your money, but now you got to produce. And and you know that the media, boy, they're going to cheer like hell for this thing to work out. And you know why. And it's good. Let's see what the enemy can do. Because, look, I, I do think this. If the enemy is going to go from Mahomes to Howell, look, let's, let's have realistic expectations there, right? But the thing with Todd Munkin, which is really interesting, because I've watched a lot of Georgia football games last year or two, and them being the best team in the country, I don't remember them being all that innovative. I mean, they have really good talent. They protect Stetson Bennett in certain ways. And then in the game against TCU, they did something very simple. They dominated up front. They handed the ball off, and it was second and three. And if you can consistently make it second and three, second and two, (laughs) your offensive coordinator IQ goes up 100 points because you can literally run anything. And they just blew TCU off the ball. So, you know, I, I when I was watching that game a couple of, like, what, seven, eight weeks ago, I didn't say to myself, man, that's Todd Munkin is really, really innovative and really, really creative. What I thought was was that he's really sound and solid, which is really fine. But, you know, with Lamar Jackson, you do have to do certain things to tailor to his strengths. Let's see if it can happen. But, again, this is what we have not talked about yet, though, Coach. Lamar Jackson's now, what, in a 6-7 season? I believe that there is some physical erosion uh, in terms of his athleticism. Next Cam Newton on the way. Mm, Uh, And a lot smaller. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Jerry Jones is in the news. Uh, Pellet Court in Texas is reviving sexual assaults claims. That's your guy. Um, (laughs) What do you think about that? Like, why? So, you got – so – to me, the NFL is its own political party. It's like the government. We put out aliens to throw you off so we can give you another agenda. The NFL owners do the same thing, Steve. The NFL owners throw people off so that the other owners can get from out from underneath whatever they're in. In my opinion, this right here is only clearing up this right here. So that's how I have seen it for a long time. The Daniel Jones is fluff. So Daniel Snyder can get the hell up out of there and everything's squeaky clean for him. The owners protect the owners. They may hate each other, but it's a good old boy network. We all know. Uh, that is my take on it. Um, I don't know. They're, they're going to keep bringing up this stuff any type of way because, you know, either he did it and he's a creep or he didn't do it and the girl wants money. Look, there, there have been some rumors that I've heard of about Jerry Jones's personal life here. But uh, going back to uh, Snyder, I think I've heard that or read that he's got a lot of dirt on other owners. Hell yeah. And my view is this, all fair and love and war. So if Daniel Snyder, and again, I know it's going to piss off a lot of Redskins fans here. If he wants to keep owning the Redskins and he does not want to be forced out, I would just dig in my heels and say, okay, you want to force me out? That's fine. I've got a memoir. I've got notes. I will release everything that I know about every single owner. 
I'm going to have more dirt than a shovel. So you either leave me alone and let me ruin this franchise because it's my franchise. I paid for it. Or, or all those skeletons in the closet, I'm going to toss them right out to the public. Yeah, it's dirty. But you know what? You want to be an NFL owner? <laughs> you do everything you can to stay in that cabal. Look at the ticker. I love how Steve says Redskins so freely. Oh, come on, whatever they're yeah, the, the the Washington football team commanders, whatever. God, I, I'm just hey, I love it. I love I was like, he didn't miss a beat. <clears throat> um Derek Carr <clears throat> meeting with the Carolina Panthers in Indianapolis. The combine starts in Indianapolis. Um uh, uh, Steve called me crazy, but what do I know? Seems like nobody really wants Derek Carr after all. The Jets have backed off. They're waiting on Aaron mm. Rodgers. Now the Carolina Panthers are going to see what happens in the draft. Like, if you're so good, Steve, one of these teams needs a quarterback. Why aren't they taking Derek Carr? He sounds very thirsty, Steve. Well, I think there's a realization. With Derek Carr, he's not your next franchise quarterback. He's a bridge quarterback. He's going to be there for two to three, not three years, and you're going to be on the hunt. He's your rebound relationship. You get off a divorce, you had a couple kids, and you're like, oh, okay, I got to go back to Friday night at Applebee's or TGIFs. Maybe I'll meet someone nice that equally uh, needs someone to shack up with, you know, hang out with, go to the ball game with. But then that's not the person you're going to remarry, the rebound. He is the rebound relationship. He's not the long term. Uh, you're not going to put a ring on that finger. And look, and then the other thing is like, how much does he want? Because if he thinks he's going to get what he had at, with the Raiders, I'm just like, Ugh, no. I just, it's going to be interesting to see, coach, what happens with quarterback salaries. Because if Daniel Jones really thinks he's in the upper 30s, low 40s, I think he's in for a rude awakening. And really, in, in actuality, there should be about two, three quarterbacks at the Mahomes-ish level where they get 40 to 50. Everyone else needs to be a lot closer to the early or late 20s, high 20s, 30s. Because you're getting about the same amount of quarterback play from about 20 guys, aren't you? Just kind of sort of good products of the system, products of the, today's game. But there's very few truly elite difference makers at that position. I think there needs to be a resetting of the market as it relates to quarterback salaries. No, I get it. Um, let me ask you this. Is this the new Russell Wilson? God. God. <laughs> is that the new Russell? Or was he the original one? But without the good play, I don't know. I mean, RG3 is kind of an oddball. He really is. Um, you know, <laughs> he just, he's such an oddball. I, I don't know what to really say other than that. Um, you know, comes off as... Uh, Elijah Muhammad, then he has a Becky Beckington. I mean, those guys to me are a little bit, and, and they 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 try to you know, they try to be very pro black, but you know, as Jason Whitlock, I think he has a phrase, uh, "Love the tree, hate the fruit." So that that's always been interesting. But 
Man, that is cringeworthy. It right. really is. I got to ask you, I put a video out on Twitter on the weekend. I was at this coaching clinic in Costa Mesa, and the XFL Vegas team came on. And I said, come on, The Rock, what are we doing? We're playing in a rodeo in Vegas. Um, the field was <laughs> atrocious. The field was atrocious. It was worse than the Super Bowl field. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Uh, it just kind of turned people off, in my opinion. I don't know if you got to see it or even watch it or even care for the Spring League, but I'm like – Bad quarterback play, and now we have bad facilities. And, and ESPN hosting it, Steve, I don't know how they agreed to that, that because it looked like a JV high school field and game, and it was horrible. Yeah, I mean, I watched a little bit of it. I mean, Paxton Lynch was getting – he was nearly getting his receivers killed on bubble screens. Guy, He was struggling. But anyway, um, yeah, the, the quarterback – look, there's only so many good quarterbacks. I mean, every week I'm seeing my old guy, De'Ara King, scoring a touchdown, running the ball at 5'9". Good luck to him. I I, I really like De'Ara. But, look, I, I actually like these leagues because it keeps dreams alive. It's a paycheck for guys that still want to play the game of football. And, and th there's certain careers that are actually rescued or extended by these leagues. Look, Tommy Maddox uh, was a washout in Denver. Then he went to the L.A. team. I think it's called the Avengers, right? No, they were the L.A. Extreme. The Extreme, yeah, okay. Um, and I remember he played well enough that he got a backup job at Pittsburgh, made a nice run, won a Super Bowl ring. Uh, he Hate Me, also he known as Rod Smart. Yeah. yeah. He ended up going to a Super Bowl with the Panthers in 2003 where they played the Patriots in that memorable game. I think it was in Houston. Yeah. So those leagues have their place. But I know this as someone that grew up watching the USFL. The NFL is such a strong brand and almost a monopoly. I don't think there's any room for any other professional football league, whether it's in the fall, whether it's in the summer, whether it's in the spring. College football can survive because of the tradition. But you're right. When you try to watch games with bad quarterback play, it's very difficult. And that's why the NFL actually protects quarterbacks. They don't want their starters being banged up, and you get stuck with that. And in terms of the field and the facilities, here's the problem. Those places that are worth anything or that are nice, uh, that, that's a high rent. And so the, the mistakes the other leagues have made in the past, whether it was the USFL, uh, the XFL, you had the other World Football League way back in the 70s, couldn't pay the bills. You gotta keep you gotta you gotta do what you can to keep the lights on. So, in one respect, I understand it. Keep the lights on, make it cost effective. But if it begins to affect the overall product, now you're thinking, wait a minute, what are we doing here? So I give them credit though. It's giving guys an opportunity to at least play the game they love. Yeah. LA just to clarify, everybody, LA Express was the USFL. USFL. I actually went to a game. First yep. game they ever played was in 1983. My dad worked for Miller Lite, and they were one of the sponsors. They got a big block of tickets. And that game was famous because it was Herschel Walker's first game. Was Steve Young the QB? No, it was Tom Ramsey and Mike Ray. Yeah, Tom uh, Ramsey, UCLA. Tom Ramsey was from UCLA, so it was a big deal. Steve Young did not come in till the next season. He signed this big $40 million deal that really wasn't $40 million, okay. and his his last and by the way, speaking of uh, facilities, the Express's last game was at a junior college, I think Pierce, and yeah, yeah, was, Elko. 
Yeah, and they were so down on numbers. Steve Young was actually playing running back. You want to talk about a guy that was a real football player? He was actually, yeah, because I know people that are at that game, they said, Steve, he was actually in a three-point stance running the ball up the middle on handoffs. So Steve Young had some balls, man. <laughs> so you had the Express for the USFL. LA Avengers were the original arena football team. Yeah. Casey Wasserman, who's yeah. now on the Epstein list. And then you had um, um and then you had the LA Kiss, who was bought by the same company and they just changed the name. And then uh and then and now you had and then the LA Extreme was the original USFL right. uh, XFL. And by the way, the um the XFL for the first week or two actually was successful if you watched the 30 for 30. They had good ratings on NBC. They were drawing crowds, and then things happened, and it kind of fell apart quickly. But going back to the LA Express, I watched a lot of their games as a kid. They had a great roster. They had Steve Young. They had Gary Zimmerman. Um, they had Mel Gray. I mean, he was actually a really good running back before he became this Hall of Fame caliber kick returner. Um, they had a lot of guys from UCLA. And I remember the best nickname I ever heard on a football player. They had this guy. From the University of Georgia as a defensive lineman, and his and his and he went by the name of Eddie the Meat Cleaver Weaver. Never forgotten it as a kid. Um, and I thought, wow, what what a great nickname that was. But they had a bunch of guys that actually went to the next level uh, at the NFL after they kind of disbanded. The very good team. And I remember the USFL when people say that Jim Mora never won a title. I say no, 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 no. He went to three USFL bowls. He won two of them. So when people say that Jim Mora never won a title, I just say, uh-uh. Back in the USFL, he was good in the playoffs? Playoffs? Playoff. Kidding me? Anyway. Hey, this is a – Here with Coach Buckley. Coach, how do you change this momentum? We got to get different guys in there. Obviously, we got, I got guys out there that are not competing, that are not making plays. So we got to get people in there, young men that want to play. They want to compete and make plays. I just saw you walk up and down this sideline and look some guys in their faces. What did you see out of your team? I'm seeing guys not performing. Tell look at the scoreboard. <laughs> Is that Terrell Buckley? I love T-Buck. Yeah, the rival of school. Yeah, you know, I love T-Buck. T-Buck was great, though, but he used to gamble all the time. He used to get killed on the double moves. He used to peak all the time, but it's great. You know what? Another thing that I like, and I noticed this, uh, a lot. some of the coaches and the head coaches in that league are black, so it's giving guys an opportunity to kind of audition. Like, hey, can assistants you lead? Too. A lot of assistants, right. a lot so, of minor coaching. Right, so this is good. Gives them experience. Let T-Buck kind of show somebody, hey, I could lead men. I'm not just a defensive back coach. T-Buck actually had a really good second half of his career after kind of being a disappointing uh, guy for the Buck, uh, the Green Bay Packers. What a Super Bowl ring with Belichick. Yeah. Their he first Super Bowl. Packers too, didn't he? I don't know if he was on that 96 team. He may have been, though, because his rookie year was 92. Yeah. I think he was. Um, but I like it. I mean, so so these clowns right here it's came just on. just the player. And basically said that Lamar Jackson has not only ruined his chances on a contract extension having no agent, but he's lost major shoe deals and major money on not having an agent. Mm. We've already discussed this on Whitlock. We've went back and forth about the agent and Lamar Jackson. I don't believe you can ever go into a good old boy network as a mother 
and think that you understand finite yeah. intricacies of an organization that is trying to cut corners and save a dollar and you're trying to get your son top value. It's not going to happen. you got to have an agent. When does Lamar wake up and figure it out? I mean, Lamar, keep it simple. Just, just hire Lee Steinberg. Good grief. I, I don't get it. Have you heard him talk lately? Lee, yeah, he looks like he's in bad shape. I don't know what's up with him. He's yeah. Mom's agent, by the way. So I just, you know, if you're losing shoe deals and stuff of that nature, you know, I never understood why you don't want professional representation when they say you could save the two, three percent. Yeah, but at what cost? At what cost? I mean, in other in other realms of life, they say whoever has themselves as a client um is a fool right well i mean that's the same thing that applies here i i personally don't think he's really helped himself and i didn't understand i don't know how many agents would have not had their had their player in a position going into a walk year without something being lined up and then it kind of forced lamar to make a decision i'm not going to play in the playoff game and i'm thinking to myself you know lamar i don't care what your situation is at that point that's a bad look in my view don't they say the enemy of my enemy is my friend? Yeah, I mean, they do. And Well, again, the enemy of my enemy is his mother in this situation, is it not? Yeah, I mean, look, you could prey on ignorance and inexperience. And I don't know what other experience she has in negotiating deals. But I think the whole thing's a mess. And, and again, I'm going to state this, and I said this to Whitlock. Just because the Browns made a reckless move in guaranteeing every single dollar of Deshaun Watson's exorbitant contract, I, I don't believe that's the new standard. Teams are going to have to take a stand and say, that's the Browns' problem. It's not our problem. And my view is this. Let, let's say a team offers Lamar Jackson, whether it's the Ravens or anyone else, they, let's say they offer him a $275 million contract, but quote, unquote, only 180 of it is guaranteed. That is not a bad deal. I don't give a damn what the Browns did. There's a reason why the Browns are the Browns. And so, again, if everyone else is jumping off a bridge, I'm not stepping right in line and jumping off the bridge with them. I, I just think it's ridiculous that now everyone is expected to replicate what the Browns did. It's ridiculous. Steven, Steven Wilsey in the chat made up a good point because I was going to talk about this earlier. Like the Ball brothers were basically his daddy, his dumbass dad who grew up right here at Chino Hills. He was ball. He was disbarred from NBA franchises. Like, if you want to bring your dad around, you're not going to be allowed around here. The ball brother just broke his shit last night on a non-contact injury. Uh, I think he smoked. Right. No. Nah, By uh, the way, you know what's funny? The last couple of years, I haven't heard that much about the father. No, I mean, because they've shut him down because right. they told him not to come around. Exactly. I wish boxing would do that with its father. It'd be a much better sport. I mean, I, I love the fact that Archie Manning told his sons, and Archie Manning actually won an MVP. People forget how gifted he was on a really bad franchise. He just said, son, as soon as you go to college, I, even in high school, he says, I am not your coach. I don't ever really want to talk football with you. I don't want to go to your practices. I don't want to watch film with you. I'm going to be there with, with your mom watching the game like a normal human being. And it's the truth. There's a great story. When Archie went to Tennessee one time and Cutcliffe was the quarterback coach with Peyton, Cutcliffe said, yeah, I guess one day uh, Archie was visiting and we went to go watch film. Within two minutes, Archie had fallen asleep. He had no, he had no, and Cutcliffe loved it. 
He didn't want to like he didn't want one of these stage parents and all that other stuff. Look, I think I think the mother meant well, obviously, but and I don't want to be insensitive about it, but she's overmatched here. I mean, look at the limbo Lamar is in now. That says it all. No, I agree. Um, let me get so LeBron goes down, um, and he has fallen and he can't get up. Yeah. He said it popped. He got it and he played another, scored 11 more points after he popped the, the foot. Um, Wojnowski comes out and says basically several weeks. Some people think he's done. They just don't want to say it yet. We don't know what he did. Did he do a Liz Frank? What did he do? Like, I don't, we don't know. Um, they're not even announcing it yet. Um, Ball brother last night. He's done. He breaks his ankle on a non-contact. Um, LeBron, I see, he's 38, 39, year 20. You almost wonder why he hasn't had more injuries of this sort. Uh, the Ball brothers, though, the daddy once said, none of my son, all my sons will play in the NBA. Everybody clowned them. All his sons have made it, but they haven't been able to fucking stay healthy. They need to lay off the vape pen and Taco Bell, in my opinion. But that is what it is. Here's my take on the NBA, Steve. I'm going to put it on the thing. Tell me if I'm wrong. LeBron season's done. The Clippers signed Westbrook for no reason. Can't trust Tatum or Joker because the Nuggets choke every year. Memphis can't close games. They just all talk. Chris Middleton's over. He's done. Steph, Clay, and Draymond are healthy at the right time. And it sets up for another Golden State Championship. It could. I, I look because the, the Suns are frauds. Any any team that has CP two on it will never win. Yeah, I mean, look, I would not count out the Warriors, especially if they are healthy. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think the NBA is unwatchable. I think it's a toxic league. Uh, so much for all this load management. Guys are still getting injured. I'm, I'm sick and tired of people saying, "No, we're trying to extend careers, and it's a grind on the body." Hey. How about this? Don't go out to a club every night after the road trip. Or, Steve, how about this? How yeah, about yeah. you play every night so your body gets used to it? Because when you sit out right. and then go back to rigorous performance, your body tears down quicker. But they don't well, want to look at the real science. Uh, uh, they want to look at Fauci. When people say, well, these guys are trying to extend their career, I don't care. I'm not getting a percentage. I mean, I don't understand these people that live vicariously through athletes or believe that the money they make is somehow helping them in any way, either individually as a culture. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm just telling you right now, I've heard this a lot from people that say, well, I went to a game and XYZ decided to sit out and I've never gone back. You know what? Good for you. You shouldn't. If they do not care about the public, their consumers, their fan base, why should you? And I think finally media members are coming out from under the covers and starting to realize this has not been good for the game. And now they're saying maybe he ought to play. I mean, what gutless puds. Charles Barkley has been the only guy that's had the nuts to actually tell the truth. I don't want to hear about back to backs and, and long road trips. You know what? Instead yes. of going to a club, get to bed early and do your job as a professional. Look up the word professional and what it means and what it entails. And again, we are not asking you to go inside of a coal mine uh, and get black lung. We're asking you to.
to play ball. Okay, it's a dream job. You don't get paid millions. You get paid tens of millions. But somewhere along the way, these guys became sympathetic figures. I, I And I think the league has done a terrible job. Adam Silver has been one of the worst leaders I've ever seen. And it's going to be really interesting to me to see what happens in the next collective bargaining agreement. I, but you know what? I, I, you know, I agree with Charles Barkley to a T. I'm actually going to end up being around him with Pat Prez in a few weeks. I'm, I can't wait to talk to the dude about it. But the thing is, they don't care. I don't believe the NBA is going to listen. I don't think they're going to listen to – I don't think Adam Silver is going to change. Uh, they, we already know, like Sean Salisbury says, screw player empowerment. I am with him. We've given the kids the, the keys to the cars. and They crashed it. Look, player empowerment has led to anarchy and apathy. So I just – I look at basketball now. I think it's a chore. I hate when I have to talk about it. I used to watch every Laker game when it was on KHJ Channel 9 or KCAL 9. And the Lakers Showtime era will always be special to me. I literally must have watched at least all the road games because those were on Channel 9. I didn't have prime ticket for a couple of years. But Laker games used to be appointment viewing to me. And I don't remember Magic really taking any days off that he didn't have to short of an injury. Prime but, ticket. Prime ticket. By the way, that was actually created by Dr. Jerry Buss and I think Bill Daniels. And so I I remember thinking, man, Laker games are special. I have not watched a Laker game this year. I, I actually once in a while get invited to Laker games. To, we have a suite. We can do this. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. They're like, why? Do I have to watch basketball? I'd rather not. I'd rather just stay home and not be around a lot of people. Um, the league has a situation now which I do not think is fixable. Because everything is, you know, it's actually incredibly expensive to go to most sporting events now. So outside of a few football games, specifically a Miami road trip and a home game, then I have to cover boxing. And I'm not even going to that many boxing matches anymore at this stage of my life. I don't want to go to a lot of sporting events. I really don't. And some of these games are so meaningless. And when your best players are literally taking off days, when there's no real reason to actually take off a day, think about the people that are defending players for not playing a game. What a bunch of simps in the media. It's a shame. Unbelievable. They're a bunch of cowards, man. I'm just going to tell you. Uh, Steve, you were at ESPN as an employee. You know why you left, and you don't have to get into all that, but you know what the deal is. They have to... They have to live up to their personal agenda, right? They have to have they have a scripted agenda they have to abide by, or they're going to be fired, right? Yeah. In other words, you have to support certain political and social movements. You cannot voice support for others, especially if they're conservative. And then you have to be pro-vax, and they actually made you get vaxxed. Thankfully, I LGBTQ. You got right. that. Um. Don't retweet people like Thomas Sowell. I did, and I was told to take it down. Um, you have to, when when players protest by taking knees, you have to act like it's the greatest civil rights gesture of all time. And, and I think all that stuff has been ineffective. Um, I don't even think the players really mean it, but they have to do it as, as a symbolic gesture. Um, and then they made you get vaxxed. And I'm like, thank, thankfully, I got out of there. Um so, yeah, at ESPN, 
I don't even think a lot of these guys were allowed to question players like, why are you taking days off playing a game if you're not injured? Because then you are upsetting the athlete. Um, so let's just put it this way. I am very happy to be in the position that I am where I'm working a lot less hours for more money and a lot happier. <laughs> I, I would never go back to – I actually don't want to ever go back to traditional uh, legacy corporate media. Nah, I hear you. How, when do you when's your heart out? Eight? Uh yeah, eight, 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 fifteen. We got some time all right. here. All right, let's get into this. Top twenty-five D linemen of all time. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So you're not differentiating between defensive ends and tackle. You're not going to because McChesney's pretty, you know, tight hey, about that. He wants to talk three technique, nose guard, DN. I'm just gonna talk about across the 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 four guys up front. He could be okay. a pass rusher. He could be an inside guy. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to break, I'm going to just go that route with it. So that's kind of how uh, I've kind of put this in, uh, in my deal. So uh, let me see. I got to add a guy. Um, all right. So I got 25 guys and then I got five guys I left out because it's hard. I could probably go 50, top 50 guys, but we don't have that much time. So I've kind of thought this out over the night, over the last few days, and I'm like, which ones would Steve totally disagree with to start a fight? So I said, let's come up with that. All right, so um, pull this chipper up. 25, number 25. All right, let me go. Let me start. Let me get the controversy going the right way, Steve. Let me talk about the five that I've left off my top 25, and we'll go from there. So I'm going to go with the top uh, my top five guys that did not make the cut. Dexter Manley. Love yeah, a lot of drug issues. His his career was truncated. He, he had Hall of Fame talent, very troubled guy, uh, but a very likable figure. He was a great character. Had the mohawk, by the way. <laughs> the I, I coached his son. Oh, did you? Yeah, he played at Oregon, didn't he? In yeah, college. Santa, Juco kid right here played Santa Monica. Um. Mark Gastineau. Another guy. Uh, had a great four or five-year run. Had no interest in playing the run, but a uh, very good edge rusher. Known for some 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 decent little quirky acting movies. And uh, uh, the worst boxer of all time. I think Jake Paul could have beat him. Oh. Uh, By the way, my guy Alonzo Smith knocked him out. High Smith knocked him out in one round in Japan. Very proud day for the U. Good job, Alonzo. Way to represent. Jason Taylor. Oh, wait, he he didn't make it. He didn't make it. I thought he was Ooh. I thought he was too one-dimensional. The other guys in this list could go inside and they can get up the field. Jason Taylor was not going inside. If you watch him, he was more of a pass rusher. No, he was an edge guy. I mean, he was like 235 pounds. By the way, um yes. uh, Jimmy Johnson drafted him and Zach Thomas. Jimmy Johnson. He was, hard, he was hard to leave out because he did impact the game. Yeah. But Great quickness. Game is a criteria. He did impact the game. But I'm going to leave him out there. I'm going to also leave Cameron Jordan out there. Yeah. Cameron Jordan's been a solid pro, though, in New Orleans. He has. Maybe yeah. he'll be a, a big-time guy in my list at the end of the day. But right now, Chris Jones, I'm leaving off. Mm, okay. Right now, I, I want to see a little more from him. I think he's the most dominant D tackle in football right now, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna anoint him and put him over these guys just yet in the top 25 list. And 
Um, and also, I got I, I got Leon Lett left off. Leon Lett was the most athletically gifted D tackle to ever play football. He was great athlete. Jimmy Johnson and Butch Davis actually decided to draft him because they went to go scout him. I think he went to Emporia State or something, and he dunked a basketball. And they said, okay. And they go, they go, we like that guy's athleticism. I think it was a fourth round draft choice in 1992, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, he was a freak. He was a freak. Um, All right, number 25, Joe Klecko. Klecko. I think he made the Pro Bowl at like two or three different positions. Yeah, seven times, uh, three different positions. Um, I mean, dominant guy, wrecking ball inside for a long time, uh, had a a hell of a career. Part of the uh, New York Sack Exchange. Yeah. Great in the 80s. Yeah. He played with Gastineau. Gastineau, Marty Lyons, and Abdul Salam. Salam was good. Um, Number 24, Leslie O'Neill. Love Leslie. Leslie was a deep thinker. He was he could piss teammates off. And Leon let uh not Leon. Leslie O'Neill did not like Junior Seau. You ever hear about that story? Yeah, I know. They, he, yeah, they got into he it. He thought he thought Junior Seau was a hot dog freelancer, and he did an interview one time. I think it was on Roy Firestone. And he said, Oh, isn't Junior Seau a great leader of the defense? I swear Leslie just deadpans. Leader, huh? So it was a leader or a guy that doesn't play his gaps. Doesn't play as responsive. Now, I, w- I just want to ask you, Roy, how do you think that r- runs the defense? I mean, I like to play my responsibilities. So does everyone else. But if you're saying, and I was like stunned by how honest he was. So Leslie O'Neill, just for that bluntness, might be in my top three. But anyway, keep going. Keep going. 23, Howie Long. Some people are going to think that's low. I actually think that's right. I actually don't disagree with them being at 23. Really? I I spoke to a former teammate of his at a Del Taco in Barstow. Me and Doug Fisher were going to a fight. And this big guy, I don't want to describe him too much because it would give him away. We made eye contact. And I said, hey, aren't you? And he goes, yeah. So he sits down next to us. And we talked for about half hour. And he was talking about how every game they'd have a grading board. And he said, you'd be stunned how many times Howie Long was actually middle of the road in terms of production, according to our coaches. thought that was interesting. He played. He was durable. He was on some teams that won. Uh, Hall of Famer. Yeah, and he could he could play a little end, play some tackle, some versatility there. 22, <laughs> Albert Hainsworth. Oh, you're out of your mind. Every one of your five guys you left out, Albert Hainsworth is a one-year wonder. He's Tommy Two-Tone. He, Remember, and one song. Give me a break. Lazy as can be. Get him out. He's not my top two fifty. He what was a lazy, fuck. but he demanded a double team like we haven't seen in a long time. And I coach. got to put him in the list of wrecking balls that disturbed the game when he played. And coach, by the time he got this free agent contract, he destroyed his own team. I'm sorry, no. Yeah, Every I one did. of your five guys, get him out of there. Put Hainsworth. No, I completely disagree with Hainsworth. Lazy. Off the list. You know what? I'm just telling you. He's a he, he is a he is a if he was a chair, he'd be a lazy boy. So no. you, would swap, you would put Chris Jones or Cameron Jordan in there already over him. In a split second. Wow. In a split second. All right. 21, Dwight Freeney. This seems a little bit low. I know he's a little bit small, but that spin move. 
and his ability to come off the edge. But again, he was great because, not great because, but one of the reasons was he was, a, he was your classic AstroTurf player. He was much better at home than on the road, but he could be a little higher. 20, Jack Youngblood. Yes, love Jack Youngblood. One of the first Rams that I knew of in the early. The man played with a broken fibula in the Super Bowl. In That's the Super to know. Bowl. That's all you need to know. He just said, tape it up, put a little spin on it, we're good. That's a man's man right there, Jack Youngblood. 19 and two tall Jones. And he boxed. And, and he boxed. boxed. Yeah. Wasn't good, but he tried. He was actually a stablemate of my good friend, Ray Boom Boom Mancini. I said, Ray, what type of guy was too tall? He said, Steve, he worked hard, respected the game, very nice guy. Um, and too tall was like six, seven, six, eight. Him and Harvey Martin were a great duo. Yeah, he was a guy back then, though. He was just one of those six, seven. I mean, a yeah. lot of people, <clears throat> uh, unbelievable talent. Number 18, Julius Peppers. I thought Great he checked the game on the edge. Uh, was an athletic cat. He wasn't a six nine, but he was six five. He was big enough, but he also was thick enough to come inside on occasion to give you a three technique uh, mismatch problem with the guard. Um, I thought he just disrupted the game up the field. He was so fast. Uh, Julius Peppers, eight, and he played some basketball at UNC. He was great there. A good athlete. Great with athlete. Curry. The the guard was Curry. Yeah, Ronald Curry. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, 17, I got Charles Haley. He's a winner. He Ooh. was a winner on both teams he played for. Uh he won, he has, I think he has the most Super Bowls, right? Yeah, he's a Robert Ory, but I think more dominant. And he literally shifted the NFC. I don't know what the Niners were thinking when they traded him to Dallas in 92. Because coming into that year, um, James said, we needed an edge rusher because they had a real issue getting to the quarterback in 91. They got diced up by the Lions who ran that spread. Um, Charles Haley seems like he should be a little higher to be on. He was a big game player. Big game player off the edge. You you, you th oh, okay, I thought you thought he was lower. You no, think I think I think he should be higher. When you were able to flip the NFC between the Niners and Dallas, that really speaks to your impact. All right, 16. I got Leroy Selman. You know what? This That may be low. Might because be. In Might his be. prime... People don't know who he is is the problem. Well, that's the thing. You know what's funny? Um, Howie Long once said in the 80s, he said, you know, everyone talks about me and Gastineau. He goes, here's the truth of the matter. Because there's a guy in Tampa that might be better than both of us. I mean, Howie Long knew. <laughs> so, And he was the face of the franchise, him and Doug uh, Williams. Great player. I played with their nephew in Can in college. Uh, they're all Wichita, Kansas native. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma. I mean, the whole Selman family were were, were unbelievable. Um. He's in the he's in the in the rafters at Oklahoma, all of them. Yeah. Uh, six. Uh, all right, fifteen. LC Greenwood. Wow. That see now here's the thing. People are gonna be surprised he's that high. I and mean, he got he was surrounded by Mean Joe Green and Dwight White. <sighs> I'm not gonna lie to you. The five guys that you had out, I would think of putting them in before LC Greenwood. No disrespect to him. Really, Dexter Manley, yeah. Gastineau, Jason Taylor. Yes. Really? But it's a tough list. But, L I mean, again, LC had the benefit of playing against maybe the greatest D tackle ever in Mean Joe. You know? Yeah. I, I know. I know. Um, and, and, and if I were to break down inside guys, 
Joe Green would probably be number one for me. But yeah. I'm going by inside guys. So you're going to be shocked probably. Number 14, Carl Eller. Uh, he oh. played 14 years in the for the Seahawks, I believe, back in like – For the Vikings. And then he finished with the Seahawks. 78 or something. Um, yeah, he was part of the Purple People Eaters. Great edge rusher. Played with Alan Page and Jim Marshall. 71 player of the year. He's a Hall of Famer, seven-time Pro Bowler. Uh, I had to have him on the list. I got him at 14. Um, I don't know. No argument there. I got 13, Alex Karras. Oh, the big, you know, best known for being the father in Webster, by the way, in yes, Mongo. Sir. Yes, sir. Great movie. And he also was suspended for a year for having gambling ties. Real thinking man's guy. Big, big, strong guy, Alex Karras. He can play. Um, number 13, Deacon Jones. Too low. Too low. The thing is, too low. He makes an argument for my Mount Rushmore off the edge. That guy was two generations ahead of his time. His athleticism and size. He was. uh, Way too low, coach. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. You better rethink this one. You better rethink that one. Um, all right. 12, Cortez Kennedy. Oh, Cortez, God, you know, Cortez, so underrated because he's in Seattle. Quickest first step for a 330-pounder I have ever seen. Great story. He was actually a bench warmer at Miami coming into his senior year. Seattle Seahawks, great. And what happened was Russell Maryland, the dancing bear, future Outland Trophy winner, said, look, Cortez, you got to make something out of your life. We're gonna he could have been the next Warren Sapp. Yes, and so what happened was Russell Maryland basically took Cortez under his wing. They went running every day, put him on a diet, and he literally went from a bench warmer to the number three pick in the 1990 draft. So our defensive tackles in 1990 was the number one pick in Russell Maryland and the number three pick the, in the, the year before in Cortez Kennedy. Good times, good times at the U. Um, all right, next I got J.J. Watt. I think that's about right. J.J. Watt at his peak was unbelievable. The guy won three defensive players of the year. I know he got banged up late. His body kind of broke down like the old car in Blues Brothers where they got to Chicago. But at his peak, he was an absolute game destroyer. I agree. I agree. Um, All right, number 10, I got Richard Dent. (sighs) That sounds about right. He was the consummate edge rusher consummate edge rusher always good for about 15 sacks a year at his prime got to play with some great great guys inside you know hampton michael singletary wilbur marshall some monsters there <laughs> you had a great you had a great uh, you know he had a great team too um all right next randy white the 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 uh, what do they call him the uh the manimal or something like that uh yeah. The monster, the monster, half man, half monster. There's a great clip. He actually, on some screen pass, he actually nearly got to the quarterback and then ran down this Philadelphia Eagles 60, 70 yards downfield. You know, he was actually a linebacker when he first came in from Maryland. He was kind of a bust. And they said, oh, we don't know what to do. So they put his hand in the ground, became one of the great disruptors inside in his era. Great player. Next for me is Merlin Olsen. Merlin Olsen. Now, this is interesting. You have Deacon below Merlin. I think they're interchangeable. 
Merlin Olson. I think he played more inside and got the run. He could play both. Deacon was more – he was a longer – Right, and I think Merlin made like 11 Pro Bowls in 12 years or something. It just – a model of consistency. Yes. Uh, all right, next, John Randall. That sounds about right. One of the quickest, explosive – and he understood leverage, the way he could get underneath people and just lift guys who were 60 pounds heavier than him was amazing. Great motor. All right, next, Michael Strahan. You have him that high. Got him that high because of what he, he single-handedly dominated the line of scrimmage for about five solid years. Sack record broke it. He was clearly a, ma a mismatched double team waiting to happen. He was on a pass-rushing team with Tuck and those guys that won a Super Bowl that they couldn't block any four of those guys, but he was clearly the best. Hmm. Uh, I would not have him over Deacon. Let's just put it that way. But a great player. Yeah. Um, all right. Next, Mean Joe Green. Now, where, where's Mean Joe? Is he fifth or sixth? He's at five. He's at um, – sorry. I got him at six. See, I'm not going to lie to you. I, it's hard to keep him out of my top three. But, again, a lot of great players. Where is inside guy only? He would be yeah. my – he would be he would be number one. And and he did the greatest Coke commercial ever. Did the yeah. great – that little kid gave him the jersey. Oh, God. That's when America was truly great. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, I got Mean Joe Green right there. All right, next, I got Aaron Donald. I can't believe – you know what? I actually thought you were going to leave him out. I yeah, thought you were going to have him like 38. That was everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Well, wait. You have him pretty damn high. but I do because I'll take fucking heat like Kansas City. So I'm well, like, fuck, I'm just going to succumb to the fucking – Oh, now no, you're no, capitulating no. to the mob. Wow, Coach. I got, him, I got him at five because he's transcending. He's changed the game similar to what Jordan did in basketball. His leverage alone and his body – his leverage and body type, Steve, with his build. I mean, he has a six pack, and he runs four eight. I I'm mean, just yeah, right. And that's why I argue. I mean, because you, you actually said you think Chris Jones is a better player than Aaron Donald. But right, wait a minute, but your list doesn't reflect. Wait a minute. But he's played longer. All right. I, I but you know what? I think you got it right. But you, I, I actually thought you were going to have like Aaron Donald at thirty eight. Just you know, you like to piss me off here. God. Uh, Honest, he's 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 a mismatch. You can't block him solo. He's, yeah, but I also I also think the the rules have allowed him to do what he does. I don't believe if he would have played ten years ago, even we would have been fucking double teaming high low in that little. Yeah, month. I'm just cutting, telling you. Uh, people. <laughs> no, I got him there. Uh, all right, four Warren Sapp. Ah, the quarterback killer. You know. At his best, he was as good a three technique as there was. And his, his unbelievable use of hands and the way he could slither. And he had great mobility. People forget he was actually a tight end originally at Miami. And we had a defensive line coach by the name of Bob Carmelowitz. God rest his soul. He was a great coach. He said, hey, Warren, you can be a journeyman or an All-American. You make your choice. And he put his hand in the ground. The pride of Apopka, Florida. Warren Sapp makes Apopka. Apopka. Make sure Mount Rushmore. That sounds about right. Three, Bob Lilly. Oh, Mr. Cowboy. No argument there. One of the truly great ones. 
one of the truly great football players that's ever been. No argument. Yeah, I got to have him in there. He's, you know, I think 10-time Pro Bowl. I, you know, he's had a great year, uh, career. Uh, number two, Bruce Let me Smith. guess. It had to be Bruce Smith. I think he had to be one or two. So, number one, I know who this is. Here's the underrated thing about Bruce Smith. He had over, I believe, 200 sacks, right? Yep. He was an edge in a 3-4. Any, any that means in, in football terms, Steve, that's a B gap player, right? He wasn't just lined up in like a nine tech or way outside. I mean, he had to get through some traffic. I mean, if you actually look, if he was allowed to play in a traditional four man front lined up over the tackle, and that kind of shit, I mean, he could have had like 250, 60 sacks. I actually think Bruce Smith's career in that context of actually being a uh, a, a Defensive end in a three-man front. It's amazing he got to the I – mean, he was dominant, though. He was one of the few guys that I ever saw give Anthony Munoz fits. Yeah. And number, and number one, one Crosby. the minister of defense. And number one, Max Crosby. All right. I, I know what you're doing. I, look, I like Max. Max is great. Max is great. But number one Reggie White. Get uh, at, Reggie White. Reggie White is number one. Obviously, uh, he can play the three. Played fucking no. He can play anything. He can play anything. He can play it all. Reggie Coach, White. he could play left end, right end, nose guard, tackle, three tech. He could play. He could go three, four, four, three. Line up in a bare front. He and Lawrence Taylor, to me, epitomize that era of defensive football. And, and Reggie White could beat you off the edge he could club you he could lift you he could rip you he could swim you and he could run people down when he was really young um and people talk about brett Favre as the most like the packers modern day pa no it was reggie white when reggie white made the decision as a high profile black athlete to go to green bay when black players hated green bay they thought that was siberia he changed the whole perception of that franchise to me He's the most important modern-day Packer ever. It is not Rodgers. It is not Favre. It is that great man. God rest his soul. You got this one right, Coach. You, you I think you got this one right. Hey, you got, you got, you got Jerome Brown I left off. I, I, he, he died too early. God rest his soul. He died yeah. too early, though. But did the Japanese yeah, sit down he, and eat dinner? He went to the top 25, though. He was a beast in college, though. Yeah, oh, he, man. He might have been our best defensive tackle ever. What a monster uh, Jerome Brown was. Hey, uh, before you leave, um, what happened to Fernando Vargas? I, my buddy used to oh. my buddy used to train with him, and he was his boy. Uh, they yeah, together. Fernando's doing well. Fernando. Okay, so El Faroz is doing well. I, I still see him often. Uh, I love Fernando. Fiery guy. I think he got thrown into the – certain fights too early which he admits that he would do his career differently but he's now training his sons and his youngest son Emiliano Vargas is a high profile blue chip prospect he's with top rank he's about three and oh now I see Fernando often he's doing very well still married to Martha they're a great couple Fernando's a lot of fun he's enjoying his life uh he's back in boxing and, and you'll see him in corners with his three sons and other fights. So Fernando's doing very well, happy to say. Hey, two guys we left off that I – one of them I thought about, the other one I didn't. Cornelius Bennett and Von Miller. Well, no, Bennett's more of a backer. Bennett's more oh, of a real backer. The D, uh, D lineman. Yeah, and Von Miller – I mean, is, is Von Miller kind of a stand-up edge? I'm going uh, to have – even though he's playing rush in now, yeah. he played outside backer to 3-4. Yeah. I'm going to end up putting him on my hybrid list with Lawrence Taylor and them.
Okay, so here's another guy that I'd have uh, uh, consideration for your top 30-ish, Vince Woolfork. Vince Woolfork well, was a monster. Goose and Sam Adams. Right. Those two. I, look, I'm biased. I love Woolfork. Uh, if, if there's ever going to be a nose guard that's going to make the Hall of Fame, it's going to be him or that guy that played with the Steelers. Because that, that is such a tough position to get any acclaim. Warren Sapp once said, some team in free agency, well, you could play over the nose. And Warren Sapp said, no, I'm trying to make the Hall of Fame here. <laughs> Those guys don't make it. <laughs> so... It's a pretty good list, though. Yeah, Vince Wolfork would be a guy. Hey, the most, the most, the, 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 I guess your most inspirational or guy that you rooted for that just wasn't good enough to be on the list, Refrigerator Perry. <laughs> you know, the thing with Refrigerator, he actually had a very long career. People make it sound like he was this novelty act, that he was just this big guy. He could actually play. He played over a decade in the National Football League, a very good run-clogging, space-eating guy. And did you know in Clemson he could actually dunk a basketball? That's the type of athlete the fridge was. And I remember one game and when, when it became a thing in 85, Coach, when you get the ball in the goal line. Greatest moment ever. Ditka lines him up. They put him in motion. He actually caught a Pass out into the flat for a touchdown. So that guy was a real athlete. The fridge, Jerry, somebody's brothers in the in the chat. He says Deacon's top five. I mean, you could argue Deacon's top five. Yes. No, no doubt yes. about it. I like Merlin Olson's uh, yes. versatility, though. Um, yeah, fearsome foursome. God bless them. By the way, I, I I screwed this up. I would have to take Albert Hainsworth off, and and I would have to put Kevin Green right in there. Yeah, and Kevin Green was kind of an outside linebacker too. But I, I'm gonna put him in my hybrid. But I he was a pass rusher extraordinaire. But I'm gonna end up probably using him as my hybrid list with Robert Mathis, with uh, Cornelius Bennett, uh, obviously Lawrence Taylor. I'm gonna use those guys in my hybrid pass rush outside backer list when I do that next week. Yeah, and by the way, yeah, Albert Hainsworth, I'm just telling you, yeah, God, the way he just shut down after he, he got that he had that one great year, and the Redskins said, okay, line up the brakes truck. He just quit playing football. I was like, good. I, I wouldn't have him in my top 250. Yeah. I, I'm just telling you, Coach. I, I, I appreciate that one. When he played. Uh, he could have been uh, – I'm with you on that. But, Coach, it goes into recruiting that when you recruit a kid, you got to ask yourself, okay, does this kid actually love football? No, nah, you're right. I mean, or, or is he just here for the NIL? Because nah, if he's not here for the NIL, you are asking – and look, if you sign a free agent and you're going to give this guy hundreds of millions, you still got to ask yourself, does this guy actually love football, though? I, think it, I don't think that ever changes. Hey, hey uh, let me ask you. If you had to make a prediction as you leave out of here, where does Derek Carr end up? Still the Jets. Where does Carson Wentz end up? Nowhere. I think he should retire. I think he's so shot. I really do. I think he's so shot. I mean, who would want him? I mean, maybe. Okay, how about this? Chad Henney retired, right? So the, the Chiefs are looking for a backup. Okay. If there's one man that's the quarterback whisperer, if there's one man that could fix him by keeping him out and letting him kind of watch, don't you think it's Andy Reid? Yeah, I mean. Right? I'm just taking a shot. I just think Wentz is so done mentally and physically. I don't think it's just the physical part. When I saw him play last year, 
he looked like a guy that no longer wanted to run into contact or was willing to, to be honest with you. I kind of see the same thing with Russell Wilson. I, I, I disagree with Matt, though. I think Russell Wilson was a top-five quarterback in this league. He may have been. He may have been, but I and, I and I saw you guys going back and forth. But, man, Russell came with more baggage than LAX. The guy had his own office. Forget his own locker. Or special, he had his own office. He had his own staff. You couldn't even uh, guys like when look. I think it says a lot, Coach, that with the history that you have, that guys like Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch can't just dial up your number and call you like a regular human being in, in a position of leadership. You're going to separate yourself from your teammates like that. I don't know. I think you have great faith in Sean Payton. I agree with that. I personally have no more faith in Russell Wilson. I used to be a big fan of his, too. Yeah. I but, agree. man, Albert Hainsworth. Yeah, kind of get the white out, Coach. Yeah, get, get Hainsworth. Actually. Yeah, I, I can swap him out for – I can put in Cameron Jordan, Chris Jones, Jason Taylor. Taylor, they, yeah. Come on. I mean, that spot is so – you need 50 spots to be I honest. mean, I'd rather put Jerry Ball in there. Old Ball. Now, that guy was a space-eating SOB. Yeah, that liked Jerry Ball. Jerry Ball was a good player. He was good. Oh, Chris Dolman. You forgot Chris Dolman and, and Kevin Millard. Those guys were monsters in the 80s. I had, I had Chris Dolman on my first five out, and then I fucking – I think I forgot his name and left him off the list. He by should, the way, Kevin Millard or Keith Millard, number 75 Keith, for the yeah. – that guy used to have like 16, 17, 17 sacks inside. That guy used to jump off sides all the time because he used to guess. But, man, he had a quick first step. And Millard's another guy I think is kind of in that top 25-ish. Yeah, he could be. He could be. There's but a lot of hands look out of there. God, Hank, God, dog it. I know you don't like that that list. Uh, you don't like, like that. Right, but you know what? I'm glad you had Donald in your top ten. I thought you were gonna like piss me off and have him at 39th. I'm glad. I'm just God. I didn't want to be. Hey, in I bad did that movie. for you. I did that for you. <laughs> Thank um, you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. Hey, go work out. I know you're gonna go do some Korean pull-ups. That's what hey, I do, brother. Let me know. I'm gonna take Kwando up in here. Hey, do you do Korean pull-ups or do you do regular? I do regular, but I do Taekwondo. Not can you really. Do this one? Can you do this one? I, I can do like one of those with help. I need a spotter though. <laughs> I'm getting old are now. Guy, are you the guy that I have to hold his feet? Pretty much and boost up. Yeah, and boost up. <laughs> and boost up. But I do the resistance bands now. I'm getting old, you know. So. Hey, anyway. man. Appreciate you. All right, brother. Talk to you later this week. Later. Later. Um, Sean Salisbury and I are back tonight for Last Chance Q. Uh, I will be back in two minutes. Let me let the dogs out. Make me a coffee. We got 45 minutes or about, we got 35 minutes left. I can't wait to discuss uh, a few things. I got to talk about Mariota being released and I'm going to talk about injuries at all time high yet load management is at an all time high. Make it make sense to me. I'll be back in two minutes, 20 seconds. Segment of this show. Um, we're moving right along. Um, first and 10 is uh, brought to you by CanadipCBD.com. Use the promo code CoachJB. CanadipCBD. We're right here. First down. It's first down. Uh, we're going to get into this um, this uh, this show. First and 10, right on the bottom there. Um, Trevor Lawrence, is he a bust, Sean? Uh, that is the question right now, the $10 million question, because that's what he's going to end up wanting uh, in his first rookie contract deal that he's going to end up expiring next year. Uh, he's probably going to want $50 million. Who knows what they get now? It's, the market has just been set so high. Um, 
And I got to be devil's advocate, Sean. Uh, I can't you wait to hear him. You quitting on him? I you can't wait him already. No, Jason Whitlock asked me the other day. Is he thinks he's a bust? And I said, listen, first of all, this guy went into. Let me just go start here. Let me start here, Sean. You know better than anybody. How many quarterbacks can you name on your finger, on your hand, that has gone to a horrible organization and has been the blossomed, been good, been great? I mean, Peyton Manning, I believe, without Edrin, you know, he had to get Edrin James at the right time. He had to get Marvin Harrison at the right time. Troy Aikman, he had to get Emmett. He had to get that old line. He had to get Michael Irvin at the right time. Uh, his first year, he went 1-15, in 15, Sean. So, like, how many guys really blossom on bad organizations? And I got to be devil's advocate here, Sean. Trevor Lawrence went into a team last year with Urban Meyer, who rather not fly back with the team, who was a college guy, just not was not ready. College guys don't translate to NFL. NFL guys don't translate to college. I don't care what you say. There's only been two humans in the world that has done both, Jimmy Johnson and Pete Carroll. So I don't see it. I think the guy deserves a chance. I think he's talented. Um, I just I, I, I just asked the question, Sean, what is Eli Manning if he didn't demand a trade right. when he got drafted by the Chargers? Is he Phillip Rivers with no Super Bowls? Or probably. is he Eli Manning? Oh, I think you're probably correct about that. And I, I think it's horseshit, honestly. For all right, all right, all right, all right. We're back. Pound the like button, hit the button, subscribe, become a member if you're not one. Uh, where will Marcus Mariota end up? Where will Carson Wynn end up? Wins end up? Where will Derek Carr end up? All that uh, plus more. Um, trade Tannehill for Lawrence. What? <laughs> Who the fuck's going to trade Tannehill for Lawrence? Um if you're not a member of the Discord, make sure you become one. Um, and uh, pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. Uh, yeah, I knew that one was coming. Um, I like I like the D line list. I like the D line list. But listen, before I get out of here, I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta talk about this real quick. Um, I want you to have a listen to this video. Picks recording people in the gym and trying to expose people as creeps. Well, this backfires on this one girl right here because this dude right here is blind. Check this out. I'm blind. If you know what those two words mean, you are much smarter than the girl who was screaming at me at the gym. Let me explain. I'm standing there doing a tricep pushdown exercise, and since I can't see, I'm just kind of staring off into space doing my thing. Halfway through a set, I start hearing footsteps that seem like they're coming in my direction, getting closer and closer and closer, until all of a sudden, this woman's right up in my face going, I didn't come here to be stared at. Huh? I didn't come here to be stared at. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm blind, I say to her. Her response? I don't care, stop staring at me! Huh? She storms off and comes back with the manager a couple minutes later. I reach into my wallet and pull out an ID card from the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind and explain to this guy as well, I'm blind, I wasn't staring at anybody. <laughs> he says, okay, but you still can't make other gym members uncomfortable by looking at them. 
you cannot make this up the gym itself literally still held them accountable I don't know what gym that is, but anybody who sees this video that goes to that gym, you need to cancel your membership. Get your rated G for gold. The girls filming them working out are starting to become, what do they call it for you guys, you young fucks? Cringe? It's starting to become cringe-worthy. I'm tired of seeing you fucks work out. And then you want to now use it for clickbait I'm going to go to a gym, which I never go to. I never went to a gym. I never go to a gym. I would never step foot into one of those shithole fucks. It's, I don't care before social media even started. I'm going to be honest. Gyms have always been for the weirdo fucks. Sorry for all you guys in here that go to the gym. Let's just keep it real. Keep it a hundred. Keep it a buck. Whatever you want to call it. Everyone I've known since I was a little kid who go to a Gold's Gym or a 24-Hour Fitness or back in my day a Bally's or any of that always were the weird fucking tank top wearing, steroid shooting, thirsty fucking eagerly attention seeking females and males alike. I thought it was the biggest fucking mockery of working out I've ever seen. I said, I'll never go to a fucking gym. Alley's 24-hour LA Fitness. You guys, hey, have at it. I'm not judging you. Go have at it. I know a lot of people that go probably aren't that way. But everyone that I know and look at, I already have that mindset. You're a weird fuck. That's who I think you are. And the females now want to go to these fucking places to film them working out. For what? Why are you filming your motherfucking self? I don't care. And then she says, watch me with my tits out, ass out, G-string showing, asshole bear, and then don't look at me. (laughs) Well, I'm going to walk in with my dick out and wear a thong. And then I'm going to say, don't look at me. So I'm just confused as to why this is becoming a trendy new thing. And it's not new. It's been happening. But now it's getting to be out of hand. Stop filming yourself. Stop thinking everybody's looking at you. Nobody gives a fuck. And uh, it's unbelievable, man. You fucking thirsty fucks. Boys and girls alike. Are all fucking weird. See, Brian Martinez, he's a fucking weirdo because he just wants to go in and watch the fucking broads look pretty. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just fucking with Brian, but you know, that's fact. Brian Martinez said, I go because there's baddies in there. I just said it. That's what you guys go for. It ain't no fuck. And you ain't working out. You motherfuckers are ones walking around like you're cool and shit. You got steroids up. You put baby oil on, and you're walking around this motherfucker doing curls and fucking tries. Like, get the fuck out of here. You motherfuckers are, get the fuck out of here. It's unbelievable, though. I would, I'm going to start going in that motherfucker. And I swear to God, if I see a broad in there filming here, I'm just going to sit there like this. I'm going to fucking look right at it like this. I'm just going to stare at that motherfucker like this. And then she's going to film me, and she's going to say some shit. I'm just going to keep staring at that motherfucker like this. And then she's going to get scared and leave. 
I'm going to fucking just stare at that motherfucker the whole time. I'm going to fucking follow her ass around. I'm going to follow her ass around and just fucking watch her ass. Fucking weirdo fucks. How about you work out? Let me ask you this, ladies. Lucy, do you think the female's filming herself, going back home, breaking down the film, getting to see how good she can be at glutes and how low her squat is, and if her fucking heels are on the ground, and if her eyes are looking up, and if her back's straight, and do you think she's really critiquing her workout with a fucking professional trainer at home, and they're putting that shit in DV Sport, and they're sitting there fucking watching it back like a fucking professional fucking workout fucking person, or do you think they're filming it to put it on fucking TikTok to look cute? Which one do you guys think it is? I'll raise my hand. I'll, I'll go first. It's the TikTok, fuck. It ain't no fucking workout fucking video, Jane Fonda, to go back and figure out how to get better. Get the fuck out of here. It's all about clout. It's all about attention. It's hot as fuck in my room. I got to open the window. Dog, it's all about clout. It's all about fucking... I got to look cute. I got to be in a G-string. I got to have my tits out. Don't look at me, though. Don't judge me, but I want my titties out while I work out. Get the fuck out of here, man. (sighs) Miss me with the bullshit. And I'm with you, women. I'm with you. Well, don't be a creeping look. I get it. I get it. But that's not human nature. Sorry. If I walked in there and I have a 10-inch dick hanging, you're looking. Sorry. You are looking. Sorry. Don't tell me otherwise. Don't fucking sit here and tell me otherwise. So if your titties are out or your ass is out, guys are looking. Sorry. Just keep it 100, man. We're not trying to fucking... It doesn't mean you're a creepy pervert, but it does mean... Like, if I had a woman, and she was going to the gym every day, and she walked out in these fucking yoga pants with tits out, she's coming back and doing an about face. You're going to do an about face, woman. You're coming back, and you're putting on a Lakers jersey and fucking baggy sweats. (laughs) You're going to go work out in a fucking Magic Johnson jersey and fucking sweats. You ain't going in no fucking... God damn, it's hot in here. You're not going in no fucking uh, yoga sweat, yoga pants and all that shit y'all be wearing? Fuck that. Fuck that. Bree, you're putting the fucking yoga pants back up in the house and the fucking uh, Lululemon shit. You're putting on the sweats I bought from Walmart that the bottoms are this big, the motherfuckers sag. It looks like you have no ass at all. It looks like you have no ass at all, someone that we know, upside down Coke bottle. And it's gonna make you look like an upside down Coke bottle at 24 Hour Fitness, but you're gonna have ass when you're with me. Cause I'm the only motherfucker that needs to see it. Let's just keep it real. Shit. Let's just be real about it. You're going to look like an upside-down Coke bottle at 24-Hour Fitness. And when you come home, the beauty comes out. You take that shit off, put whatever you want on. 
But at 25 Fitness with Brian Martinez playing basketball, fucking jacking his meat, looking at you through the window of the fucking, uh, on, the, on the fucking bike? Nah, it ain't gonna happen. Because all the guys in the basketball gym are looking through the glass, looking at all you guys wear yoga pants. Duh! Wake up, ladies! Uh, <laughs> uh, Brian Martinez is in that motherfucker rain dance and missing everything because that motherfucker's looking like this and the fucking ball's hitting the motherfucker in the face because they're passing it to him on the break on the wing and Brian Martinez looking through the glass at fucking yoga pants and this motherfucker gets beat up with the ball and shit. Come on, B-Mark. Shit. Um, I already know, dog. I don't need to even go to the gym. I already know what it is. Big ass windows. It's, it's ironic how the big window sits right there. And then the basketball courts right there. And then you got the women right there on the fucking bikes and the fucking uh, stepper and shit. You motherfuckers sitting there watching it and shit. Motherfucker hasn't scored a point in three games, but his team happened to win. So Brian Martinez is trying to get off the fucking court. He's trying to lose the game. But his team keeps carrying his ass, and he takes one of my seven books, and he's sitting over there like he's reading a book, looking through the window and shit at all the broads and the yoga pants and shit. He's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, fuck stick, shit, bird, slap dick. Uh, and then he's like looking at the yoga pants again and shit. Come on, man. You can't fucking play with me. Get the fuck out of here. You already know the deal. Oh, man. See, that's that. Why, though? That's what I'm saying. It, it, it might be unspoken shit, but, you know, the spoken shit is the real shit, and that's what we see every day. Uh, injuries at an all-time high. I can't wait to dive into that tomorrow. I'm going to wait for tomorrow for that because I got a good segment, load management versus injuries. Yeah, we think load management saving the NBA and the saving the players' legs. Can't wait to dive into that one. We're going to wait for tomorrow on that. Um, Matt McChesney will be back tomorrow. Chase Sr., work boot Wednesday. It's already hump day tomorrow. And tonight, Sean Salisbury and I are probably going to come on and shoot the shit, talk some shit, show some film, and, uh, and uh, you know, and, and get it going. Uh, and we're going to get back to doing that. We got a lot of things in the fire, man. I got a lot of things in the fire all over the place. So just stay, bear with me. Keep going. I was going to do trivia today. I'll do it tomorrow. Um, Sean Waffle, your hoodies have been sent out to you for winning that. Um, Devo, if you're in here, your shit's also being getting worked on and getting sent from seven months ago because you're in Canada. And the Canadian borders were shut down, apparently. Um, anyway. Hey, man, appreciate everybody. Short, fast, getting in tall. I uh, can't wait to see y'all tomorrow. If you're not a member, become one and get in the Discord, Slap Nation. Make sure you guys get in that Discord and become a member if you're not one. $1.99. Discord's $2.99. Get in there, chap it up with us, chat it up with us so we know you're not a fucking weirdo troll. And God willing, we'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Don't be a slap dick. Definitely don't be a Fuck stick or a shitbird. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.